You're listening to the Plane Talking UK podcast, the UK-based podcast written by a passenger for anyone. And here are your hosts, Carlos Devings, Matt Smith and Neville Bounds. Well, hello and welcome to episode number 205 of the Plane Talking UK podcast. I'm Carl Stebbings and joining me, as always, in the barn studio this week is my co-host, Matt Smith. Well, hello everybody. Hello, hello. Welcome. It's Sunday morning today and I must say, it is blooming gorgeous outside. It's lovely. It really is. It's a shame it's not like minus five or whatever it actually is <laughs> Zero degrees, yeah. Matt. Zero It is actually degrees. physically zero. But to be fair, one of our guests can actually beat that. Yeah, this, he can. This, today, can't he? And I'm sure he will inform us about that in just a moment. And also joining us uh, for this week's show, as always, is our awesome other co-host of the show. It's Sir Neville Bounds. Yes, hello, folks. And um, I don't know what time you think it is, Matt, but it's afternoon where I am. I know it's we're on different time zones. Oh, is it? <laughs> Probably. <laughs> that, that, that 130 uh, mile distance. Yeah, you know, yeah, it okay, is a different time enough. zone. Yeah, but, look, uh, come on. It was all going too well. Uh, <laughs> but uh, yeah, hello, everybody, and hope everybody's well. And uh, yeah, looking forward to another great show uh, today. So good to be back. Excellent, excellent. Yes, you were missed last week, Never. You were. It wasn't the same yes. with you. It wasn't the same. It was a bit chaotic last week. I just looked at the show a really? couple of times. Oh, yes, there's, there's I did a lot see going on there. Yeah. Yes, yes, indeed. Yes, it's, uh, that's the trouble, you see. It's like when we haven't got anyone there to control the stip, sh- yeah. ship in, in the... Um, I don't know what you're going to say. Then. I know. I don't know. <laughs> Staring the what now? No, moving on. Uh, okay, yes, indeed. Yeah, yeah, it was, it was you a, were sorely was, missed, sir. Yeah. Yes, calm, oh, calm yeah. and order has been restored this week, at least for the moment. We'll see what happens but as that, we introduce our next guest. I know, but that may well all change <laughs> yeah. very soon with yeah. our guest host this week. Joining us again from somewhere where it's, uh, well, it's uh, it's incredibly cold. Welcome, Captain Al. Uh, good afternoon to you, everyone. And it is definitely afternoon here, shortly be- becoming evening. Um, I'm UTC plus one hour in deepest, darkest Poland, um, where it's currently minus 10 degrees Celsius, uh, which on the Fahrenheit scale is just flipping cold. Right, yes, and, um, <laughs> and when I went to work this morning, it was uh, minus 17 degrees Celsius, oh. which on the Fahrenheit scale is also something beginning with F. Yes, it is. <laughs> Yeah, indeed. Uh, fresh. It, fresh and cold Ow. is where he's going with that. How yeah, is that, that even possible? Yeah. Oh, that's just crazy. Actually, all jokes aside, Al, I mean, how much of an impact... Sorry, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be really boring Go and on. ask an no. aviation-related oh, really? question here. I know. Brace yourselves, everyone. <laughs> uh, how much, I mean, those kind of temperatures, I mean, what kind of impact does that have in, in how you actually fly when it's that cold? Uh, or is it more like what has to be done on the ground before you go in the air? Um, generally speaking, one of the, the, the biggest issues that we, we have is especially if the aircraft has been parked up overnight uh, the doors tend to freeze in exactly oh, wow. the same way as as your car door if you've ever gone yes. to your car door after a hard frost and gone to open it and our oh, flipper neck it, it's stuck yeah. so the engineers have to sort of de-ice the the doors to open them up uh, and they're, they're very good here they they have all of the air conditioning on so when you get on the aircraft, it's all nicely warmed up. Oh, wow. And to be honest, the, the modern aeroplanes don't struggle too much with, with the cold. But uh, it does sometimes take a, a little bit of uh, coercion to get certain things up and running really? with, the, with the, the temperature. But uh, one of the things that you have to do in exactly the same way as you do with your car is you have to de-ice the aeroplane before you go flying. So it's, it's ultra important that you don't have any contaminant on the wings and the tail. Mm. And after a pretty hard frost, I think it got down to about minus 20 overnight. 
um, then uh, yeah, that that needs to be uh, de-iced. And then, as it was snowing this morning, the aircraft is then anti-iced. So there's two treatments applied, if you like. One is removing all of the snow and ice and frost off the aeroplane, and then the second one is preventing and the second part has a limited life it's called a hold over time which is a function of the type of fluid that's used uh, the weather conditions and the actual temperature so wow that is uh, so unfortunate we had a hold over hundreds minutes so that Unfortunately, you're breaking up a little bit there, Al, unfortunately, yeah. but uh, yeah, we get the gist. It's, it's, uh, okay, no it's... problems. What I'll do is I'll ditch the camera. Oh, okay. There we are. Uh, we saw him briefly and, for about... Uh, ho Hopefully that'll hold, hold fire then. Yes, yeah, so, no, it's been absolutely... Yeah, um... I, I, I'm sorry about... It. It's this classic sort of situation with hotel Wi-Fi. You yeah. kind of largely stuck with what you get. Yes. Actually, um, Al, Neil, uh, Al, Neil Lamborn in the chat room just said, sort of, where roughly in Poland are you? Uh, roughly speaking, Katowice. Okay. Oh, okay. Very cool. Uh, and, and have you? I mean, have you had much chance to sort of have a look around? I mean, they, they some of these countries are uh, like sort of Poland area and, and that. They're just they're just stunning. They're just not places where people think about going to visit, are they? I mean, we're really too cold. <laughs> well, because it's too yeah. cold. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, one of the reasons um, that uh, quite a lot of people do come to Katowice is it's relatively speaking one of the nearest airports to Auschwitz. Okay. Uh, right. yeah, uh, yeah. Which obviously a lot of people choose to visit uh, for a variety of reasons. Of course, yeah. I mean, I've been twice myself. Yeah. I'm not going to suggest for one minute that it's a uh, whip-cracking, smiling day. No, but no. it's certainly something that if you have the opportunity, if you find yourself in this part of continental Europe, if you get the chance to go, then it. Uh, it, 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 it's, a, it's a must really isn't it it's, it, it is it's definitely it's one of those places in a nice way it, it, it's one of those places that's on my bucket list actually um, rightly or wrongly as you say because I, I know if you've, if you've ever been that the uh, the um, Imperial War Museum they have a sort of an exhibit uh, that, that talks you through that and that is um, you know it, it, that, ever since then actually it has. that's why it's been on my bucket list really is to, to sort of go and pay homage and respect I suppose the best way to describe that anyway we should probably do some kind of aviation-related um, news. What do you reckon? I know. <laughs> I we oh, you're right there, Carl. Sorry, yeah, a little distracted. No, I was. I was just looking. Actually, I was just looking on, looking on the map of Poland to oh, see okay. uh, see where Al, whereabouts Al is. Ah, and uh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Mash has asked a great question. Pretty close to the Czech border, actually. Yeah, um, I, I see you that. You can get yeah. into uh, the Czech Republic very quickly. Yeah, Mash has asked a great question. Actually, who's who's the one that gets to go outside and scrape the windows? Um. <laughs> <laughs> well, fortunately, uh, that's not really an issue because uh, the windows are heated. So uh, they, as soon as the airplane's powered up, uh, the, the windshields are heated, yeah. um, and uh, any sort of snow or ice tends to melt quite quickly off the windows. That's wow. the windows at the front, of course, the expensive ones. Yes, the cheap ones <laughs> down the side of the airplane. Yeah, don't um, care about those. Although yeah. they just stay frosted up. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we don't care about those. That's fine. About the passengers. Yeah, we don't need to yeah. see out. That's fine. It's it's a it's a it's a good thing. Right then, come oh, well, on. Well, well, well we, uh, uh, just briefly, just say a quick hello to everyone who has joined us in the live chat room today. All yes. the uh, usual faces, as always. Great to see everyone uh, take time out of their Sundays to come and join us uh, this afternoon. Indeed, yes, yeah, very good of them. So, so we're going to start this uh, show then, as we do each week, with our rundown of the weekly news from around the world and the UK. So, if you're ready, Matt. I am indeed, yes. If you're ready, Nev. Yes, definitely. And if you're still there, Al. I'm still here. Okay, let's go. 
So, kicking off this week's first news story, this one's on the newsandstar.co.uk. And uh, it's about, about, it's actually regarding one of the uh, airline carriers in the UK who most people would uh, think of as being a road transport haulier. Oh. So that's uh, Stobart. Ah, uh, of course, group. Eddie. Uh, Eddie Stobart, yeah. Uh, Stobart Group considering offer for f- airline Flybee. So uh, Stobart Group is planning to offer the first commercial passenger flights from and to Carlisle Airport from June and no carrier has yet been announced. The airline shares have climbed as speculation that an agreement between the two firms had been reached has mounted. But a statement from Stobart Group said the board notes the movement in the share price of Flybe and pressed speculation to a potential takeover of Flybe Group PLC by Stobart Group. It said Stobart Group and Flybe had a range of shares interests arising from Stobart Group's ownership of London Southend Airport and its its aircraft (laughs) leasing company and the growing franchise agreements between the two group airlines. It added the as previously disclosed in October 2017 we've been reviewing alternative structures for our airline and leasing businesses that can play an important part in the consolidation of the regional airline sector. The firm said a number of potential structures have been considered including taking a non-controlling interest in a vehicle to acquire 100% of Flybe in cash. But it added it's not possible to say at this stage whether the transaction will take place uh, and whether a firm proposal will be made uh, if it's a form transaction to be combined. The airlines might take. A further announcement will be made in due course. So obviously we all know, uh, most of us know about Flybe. Uh, quite mm. a popular airline here, yeah, the they, regional they, airline here in the UK that flies from South End. And uh, actually, I was talking to Matt before the show. Yeah, we were. South End's actually. actually starting to become quite a, uh, a popular yeah. uh, de- oh, airport to um, take off from in the UK here for people wishing to go on holiday because of. If they um, hadn't called it London South End, I might a bit be feeling a bit more <laughs> inclined to. <laughs> but obviously, it's good news for Carlisle as well because uh, getting flights from there. People can fly from. All oh, right, is that London Carlisle? London well? Carlisle, okay, yeah, just that's it. Yeah, <laughs> but uh, not the natural city pair. Those two are they? <laughs> no, indeed. <laughs> oh, I didn't realise actually. As well, Matt, when I when I googled London, because I've never flown from London. Other End. are I've available, never, of course. Yes. I've never <laughs> flown from Southend Airport, and it is it's it's less than two hours drive from here. It's not far. No, it, it it is sort of it's about half an hour. Well, I don't know actually. It's probably about fifteen twenty minutes on top of going to Stansted mm. for, from us here. So yeah. it's uh, it is it's a close. One, I mean, it's. Uh, I don't know. I, I do think. I mean, let, let's be honest. I mean, Mag has done wonderful things since they owned, started owning Stansted uh, in this area. I mean, so you know, may, maybe private ownership is the way to ensure that you, mm. uh, you know airports get invested in. Maybe mm. I don't know. And cheap flights as well from Southend, as uh, yeah. we were discussing before the show as well. Well, we, we were saying. I mean, it, maybe that is because they're not having to pay quite so much. You know, you know, the, the, the fees are less, therefore yeah. they can pass some of that on to the... I mean, I, I, I don't know if that's something you'd know about, Al, is it? I mean, it does sound like... It is. I mean, I, I don't know specifically with regards to South End Airport, but a lot of, shall we call them secondary airports then, yep. um, are in a position where they can offer very small, if indeed any, fees to the airlines, because what they will do is endeavour to make their money um, in the shops... Yeah. Or, alternatively, what they will do is they will come to a, a deal with the airline whereby all of those excess baggage charges, you know, your suitcase or your handbag is 2.6 centimetres too big, sir, um, they retain yeah. those charges. Yeah. So there are quite a lot of 
secondary airports that don't charge the airline anything. Which is, you know, again, those those can be passed on, can't they, to directly to the consumer, essentially. Yeah, which is probably why we have such an issue yes, here absolutely. with our with our airport at Norwich. Yeah. Yeah, because yeah, you so have to pay over the odds in, to... Yeah, yeah. It's, it's, it's expensive to fly from Norwich, in my mm. uh, previous experience, and that is mainly down to the cost imposed on the airlines yeah, by shame, Norwich really. Airport yeah. for the fees and stuff. So perhaps that's one to I look think, forward um, to. I think historically uh, some, some airports have oversold this thing of locality and it's your local airport and have kind of, you know, suggested to the airlines, well, you know, we're here you want to operate and i think the tables have turned somewhat now people have realized that the dynamics of air travel are different mm. and it's not a case of trying to make your money by charging for landing fees or handling it it's alternative revenue streams and yeah. whether norwich have sort of grasped onto that I, I don't know that they've always been well i don't know if you still have the klm connection to amsterdam out of norwich yes, but it's yeah, never really been a bustling airport. No, no, it, it is. I mean, it's it's always sort of suffered from. I mean, there's a, you, you get a couple of flights into and out of maybe Jersey and Guernsey and things like that, but it is basically sort of flying out to Schiphol and then beyond. Although I have to say, one of the carriers, and I forget, and it might. I don't know whether it's linked to KLM or or it's another airline. You can do like trips to the Canaries direct from Norwich and stuff now. So there uh, are some Transavia. Yeah, something I think like is, that. Is yeah one of the yeah. airlines. That um, so so I mean, it is possible to go to sort of other other destinations. Of course, they do do a lot of. Um, um, not so much uh, plane-wise, but because uh, Norwich Airport is heavily utilised by the oil rig industry, yes, very much so. Um, where they sort of fly out either up to Edinburgh and then out to the rigs, mm. or, or, or you know, uh, or direct. So it's uh, it's just a shame, really. As I say, perhaps the um, you know the, they could sort of learn a, a something from the whole South End. Who knows? We could have a Norwich. We could have a, a London, London Norwich, Norwich in, in no tour at all, couldn't we, really? But uh, <laughs> anyway, there we are. yes. Uh, so moving on to the next story, uh, Matt, which is... Absolutely. Whilst we're talking about oh. airports, and Amsterdam got mentioned, yeah. right. um, I'd just like to point out that I was in Amsterdam Airport, Schiphol, very recently, and they've introduced a fantastic service in Schiphol. It's on trial at the moment, Uh-oh. and that is that you can go, go online onto Deliveroo, and you can place an order for food to be delivered to you at the gate. No! no Are no. you serious? <laughs> Absolutely serious. Only you would be the one to You heard it here first, Absolutely. guys. Absolutely, there we are. Uh, have you ever considered that, Nev? Maybe having you know some kind of light snack delivered to your gate at BA? <laughs> uh, no, I just think that's... Well, that's just going to be... I can't imagine the difficulties people are going to get into. Um, and, um, but it's a, it's a great concept. It'd be interesting to see how well the, the take-up is, won't it? It would. Well, it was quite interesting because I actually had mine delivered to the lounge at Schiphol. Right. And uh, when the Deliveroo guy came up in his Deliveroo uniform uh, with my chicken kebab, right. he, uh, <laughs> he came to the desk, obviously. And the girls there were a sort of like semi aghast. And I yeah. thought, no, this is going badly wrong. I'm going to get accused of lowering the tone in the lounge. <laughs> but no, no, they, they didn't realise that the service existed. It had only just launched. And they were also then on their phones ordering food for delivery. No way. <laughs> really? That's amazing. I wonder if we can get McDonald's. No, no, sorry. Well, <laughs> anyway, well apparently, sorry. according to Jen Niffer, at, yeah. at uh, her airport, pilots can get coffee at the gate if they know me and tell me they're flying ah, in. Ah, yes, I know. Wink. But that's because Jen Niffer is a legend. You see, I know. Uh, the personal well, service, absolutely, and that's a yeah. fantastic yeah. service, Jen. But how about taking this this idea that Schiphol have? Do you think it would take off in in the US with you know 
having someone deliver food <laughs> from the, the catering facilities in the airport to the gate. I, c- I can see it really spreading. Actually. I just have visions of mopeds going <laughs> through the, <laughs> through the <laughs> terminal. Whizzing their way through the terminal, yes, indeed. I'm not sure this is the, uh, I'm not entirely oh. sure this is the way forward. Anyway, anyway. we're going to move away from food, otherwise <laughs> we're going to get told off. So it, this so is yeah, under this some rather news, disturbing Yeah, it is very one, disturbing. Matthew. And I, there is a video that I will yeah. try and play uh, when I've finished reading it. So it's on the Sun newspaper, so obviously brace yourselves, it's going to be a certain kind of story. Uh, it's obviously story two, it's a Ryanair story. And uh, the uh, headline is not a good one, so I'm not going to read it out, actually, to be honest, but we'll just we'll just bash into the story. As I say, it's the sun.co.uk. If you are listening to the audio version of the podcast, uh, then you need to look this story up on the Sun newspaper and watch the video, because it says, basically, a ranting Ryanair passenger was kicked off a flight after he was caught on film ripping off his shirt and threatening to batter the cabin crew. The unnamed passenger who spoke with a British accent, no surprise there, uh, launched a foul mouth tirade at staff on an early morning flight from Stansted, to, from Stansted Airport to Tenerife. Um, it's, uh, the plane was then quickly diverted to Marrakesh Airport in Morocco where he was arrested by local police. They put cops here. I can't read that out. That offends me. Uh, the, um, uh, the security staff ran to confront uh, the uh, slurring job uh, after the other passengers complained about the behaviour. Uh, then uh, when he was told to calm down by the high-vis steward, he screamed, how about you calm down and then an expletive? Uh, who's got a problem with me? If one of you tries to take me prisoner one more time, I'll smash your face in. It's safe to say that nice he really chap. was. Yes, really nice, nice uh, chap here. Now, and I and I do. I know we we are the first here to sit here and run down uh, Ryanair and all that kind of thing. But I mean, uh, how, whichever the airline is, nobody des- deserves to have to deal with abuse like this. And it's just all this is going to do is open up the argument about drinking like before you get mm. on the plane, isn't it? This is this is just going to open yet another. Uh, um, you know, can of worms essentially. That I mean, this is. I mean, is it just? I mean, I wonder if it is, is. If this thing was going on all the time, but it's only now that really, it's become a bit of a, um, you know, a, a story thing. So every time something like this happens, people like the Sun and the and the Mirror and the Mail and all that kind of thing, are publishing it. I mean, do do you think numbers have gone up, or is it just because more people are, are flying, perhaps that wouldn't necessarily be able to afford to or what i don't know what your your thoughts are uh, yeah I, I i think this happens reasonably regularly but of course it's a delight for the red top newspapers isn't it they, they like nothing better <laughs> yeah. than this kind of story uh, i'm yeah. i mean I, I i'm disgusted actually at the whole thing mainly that the poor framing of the shot there uh, <laughs> out, out of focus right this thought about the uh, production no i mean no, of what, course. what a nightmare you know indeed awful. absolutely as i say if you're watching the youtube version i'm actually running the video as, as nev is talking there i don't i mean it's just uh, nobody should have to put up with this kind of abuse i mean what ha- i mean i know we've said this before what's happened to people having respect in regard i mean you air travel used to be such a respectful thing didn't it well what's happened i i mean let's be honest with you, this has been caused by drink hasn't it that, yeah, that's yeah. The, the first thing and uh it's very well known isn't it that after one or two drinks you lose your inhibitions fairly yeah. quickly and if you are the sort of person that has a little bit of a chip on their shoulder it doesn't take very much at all to send you into a sort of rage uh, and this is exactly what's happened here i think and the trouble yeah. is that there's no way back from it once, once it mm. kicks off uh then that's that's it really isn't it it's, it's very difficult 
to we, calm the situation down. We were talking about it, actually, myself and Carlos, before we started broadcasting, and actually we were saying, I hope he's received a lifetime ban, ban yeah. for that. I mean, I, I, I don't know. It's just, oh, it just makes me so cross, doesn't it? Why? Certainly, Acme Pink have a, a blacklist of uh, passengers who have caused uh, trouble on board, and uh, they uh, will not be allowed to fly on Acme Pink ever again. It's as simple as that. Do you, do you think, I mean, you see, I wonder if there ought to be a little bit of joined up thinking here. I think pub the airlines, yeah, I mean, in, in, the, in the pubs here in the UK, we have mm. something called pub watch. So if you've, it's like a band from one, band from all list. And we share that list amongst ourselves along with photographs. Obviously, it's all operated by the police, so it's all legit. It's not like above, uh, you know, sort of doing something that we shouldn't. But I mean, surely they could do something like this, you know, it wouldn't, especially in, in modern day technology today. I mean, okay, it's going to be difficult for everybody to identify identify who who it is I mean, and you, even even with our pub watch scheme that we run here you get the odd face that's not recognized but you, there must be a way of putting like a band from one band from all type system in place so that nobody so if you get banned safe for flying on Ryanair and it's a clear case of the fact that this guy was being abusive etc etc then they could also be banned from Acme Pink do you know what I mean absolutely I mean it, it is a, a good idea I'm sure it's being talked about there are a couple of issues um, there will be the inevitable, you know, data protection issues that always, yeah. uh, you know, come into these situations. And the other one, unfortunately, is that it's very difficult to keep a track on on individuals because passports expire usually after 10 years. Yeah. And usually the way that they're identified is by their passport number. Yeah. So, of course, you get new passport and... To all intents and purposes, you have, if you like, a new identity. You're still the same person, yep. but you now have a new passport number. Uh, and it is difficult because you will come across people with the same name, same date of birth, um, yeah. especially in countries. I mean, in the UK, a good one would be John Smith. There must be hundreds, you know, in theory, of John Smiths all born on the same day. Um, so people with common name sets with uh, shared date of birth. So it's very difficult under those circumstances but yes it would be nice it would unfortunately come down to governments to administer yeah. this and i don't think there's quite the appetite to spend the money really yeah true but then okay all right bearing in mind you couldn't do it sort of like worldwide but you know may maybe they could do a sort of you know like because we do have the reputation for it let's be honest uh, maybe it ought to be something that's done here in the uk so that these bad people are not then going to other parts of the world and shaming us you know, sort of when they get the other end in, say, let's say Benidorm as an example, you know, it's <laughs> yeah. just like, I don't know. I think uh, it's interesting you say that, Mark. Yeah, we certainly have a public profile of being heavily involved as, as Brits yeah. in disturbances on aeroplanes, but they're by no means unique to the UK. It just seems to be that our media are much more prone to mm. run stories on it Whereas it seems to me that in Central and Eastern Europe, certainly, um, the media don't seem to want to popularise it or sensationalise it uh, uh, in the same way as football hooligans, really. Yeah. Um, you know, the, that, that problem exists elsewhere in Europe. It's not just a UK thing. No. Um, but it's treated very differently by the media and indeed, to a degree, by the police. Um, if uh, in, in a lot of countries in Europe, if you have a, a serious disturbance on board, it will be the riot police who come on board, not just, you know, your local airport police wow. guy. Now, I have to say in the UK, the airport police are tooled up. 
Um, but if you've had a punch up, they're not really likely to, to use their firearms. Um, but no. I have seen a taser used in the UK oh, uh, wow. for a disturbance. Um, but yeah, I think I think the problem is it's certainly universal across Europe. It's just treated differently and perceived differently. Right. Yeah, yeah. I think uh, yes, firearms uh, used for disturbances, uh, an interesting concept, uh, very direct, but does cause a lot of paperwork. Uh, would be my well, yes, way. indeed. Yes, so they, they, and, and nobody likes paperwork. Let's no. be honest. Let's let's <laughs> let's not open that Donald Trump style can of worms, <laughs> shall we not? <laughs> uh, okay. Anyway, anyway yeah. moving on. Moving on. Yeah, uh, so moving yeah. on to the next story and uh, as always a special uh, first class story for Nev <laughs> uh, you, you spoil me you really do and it's from the Evening Standard another fantastic aviation uh, resource that I use all the time in fact and, yeah um, it's ever since our ex-chancellor is in charge of it isn't it that's exactly what it is isn't it? Right. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it's a BA story of course and this is about the fact that BA uh, passengers forced to hold it for hours on flight to Tenerife after onboard toilet issue oh. uh, customers on the British Airways flight endured a half hour delay before the plane took off on Wednesday morning and then they were left without the use of a toilet for around three hours in the air the press association reported according to air uh, traffic tracker flight radar uh, which is actually Flight Radar 24, I think you'll find. Uh, the 9.05am flight from Gatwick had to make an almost 180-degree turn as it was diverted to Faro Airport, landing at approximately 1pm. Uh, it was on the ground uh, around half an hour before continuing to its destination, and a British Airways spokeswoman would not confirm exactly how long passengers were left without the use of a toilet on the flight. The airline also did not say what took place during the brief stop nor whether the issue was due to cho toilet checks not being done before takeoff, oh or whether a separate problem was discovered whilst airborne. A spokeswoman said, we got our customers on their way to uh, their destination in just over half an hour and said sorry for the delays to their journeys. The disruption sparked knock-on delays of more than two hours for passengers on the returning flight from Tenerife to London. Well, as usual, uh, with the Press Association and the Evening Standard, it's just slight lack of um, evidence and slight lack of facts there, and one of them being that I don't think a 747-400 is a normal uh, rotation between Gatwick and Tenerife. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, oh dear. You, you've got to love a uh, you've got to got to love an accurate story, well, haven't you? Actually, yeah. Captain Al, what is the minimum equipment uh, list for toilets operational uh, on a flight if you have an issue? Zero. Okay. Oh, okay. Because uh, it's not a flight safety issue. Okay. Right. Okay. So, so, so you passenger might... convenience is a different matter, but from a flight safety point of view. Um, there's uh, no requirement for serviceable toilets from an MEL point of view. Right. Okay. So, if so what about if uh, before you take off all three or all, your, all the three three toilets on board the, the three twenty? Depends on the size of the craft. Yeah. Or, uh, yeah. If all the toilets are in op, is that kind of a no go then? Uh... Um, depends on where you're going. Again, I suppose. it depends. It depends where you are, and where you're going. Yeah. Um, so if it's somewhere, say, for example, where it would be almost impossible to get them repaired, well, then right. you're going to go, but just maybe not necessarily to, to the destination that you were originally planning. It, it's, <laughs> it, it's, it's quite a dynamic equation, that one, um, and different companies will have different, different rules. Policies. Quite clearly, if you were going to go, say, 
from you know Gatwick to Rio de Janeiro it might be a bit of a problem if you dispatched without having any toilets working um, but if say you were doing uh, well I don't know trying to choose something that's reasonably short like uh, Birmingham Manchester or you know Heathrow to Manchester or something you might just say look this is the situation you know go before boarding the aeroplane <laughs> and uh, and off we go uh, first officer Mike in the chat room said that uh, I thought you have to have one at least for the flight crew uh, well maybe on the Boeing there is a requirement because I mean they're, they're a bit weak bladdered on <gasps> Boeing aren't they? So. <laughs> oh dear <laughs> and Ri Richard Adams has said that gives a whole new meaning to bucket list Right. Okay. Yeah. Yes. I mean, is that is that is that an option? I mean, they have a tendency to wear, you know, Claudia Schiffer's knickers on a Boeing. Seat, right. So, I yes, mean, of course. You know, right. A toilet needed is probably essential. Isn't Still, it? what you do in your own time is. You could always take, to, take your porter party, I suppose, man. You could take your porter yeah, Absolutely, I think so. Oh, yeah. 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 You know, that, that at least has a tank that you could, yeah, um, yeah. you know, sort of keep everything under control for. Uh, it's all part of the fun, as they it say. Is. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. Right. Anyway. Yeah. So we'll, who's uh, going next? So Al, can you take the next one, or have you? Yeah, I'm having a little fiddle, as it were, but oh. uh, yeah, I can do the next one. Okay. Okay. Um, is this the CBS News story, uh, the United story? That's it. Yeah. Yeah. If you're wondering what the fiddle is, I've relocated to a different part of the room where I think the Wi-Fi is a bit more stable. Oh, okay. So yes. Now, now I'm perched by the door of the hotel. I was, room. I was <laughs> so a bit concerned. I thought you were in the toilet for a moment. Okay. I've got to be honest. <laughs> but uh, anyway, <laughs> maybe the acoustics are better in the bathroom. Uh, <laughs> no, 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 no. I, I can't get to the bathroom either. That that's meld off because of the table and the stool. Oh, okay. <laughs> oh, yeah. uh, the stool. Anyway. Yeah. Yeah. Moving, uh, moving on. <laughs> 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 See what you did there. Uh, anyway, uh, this comes from uh, the cbsnews.com website, and the headline is Twice Diverted United Airlines Plane Skids Off Runway in Green Bay. Skids! There we go. We're still on the theme. Nice one, Al. Moving on. Uh, <laughs> okay, so a United Airlines flight bound from Houston to Minneapolis made two unscheduled landings and ran off the runway after a second one early Friday that Sorry, and ran off the runway after the second one early Friday, the carrier says. United says flight 870... I should have put my glasses on to read this. Hang on. <laughs> United says flight 878 was first sent to Madison, Wisconsin, due to severe weather in Minneapolis. The plane took off from Madison, but severe weather prompted another diversion, this time to Green Bay, where it skidded off the runway, United says adding that no one was hurt, apart from some pride, I would imagine. Well, yeah, indeed. We're in contact with all customers and providing alternative transportation, including flights and buses. The buses are obviously for those people who say, I ain't getting on no aeroplane again. <laughs> the airline said in a statement, customers were also provided with meals and hotel accommodations. Passenger Tom DeSimio tells CBS News there were roughly 160 passengers on board. When the plane landed, the pilot hit the brakes in full reverse. Is that him going backwards or the brakes in reverse? We're not really sure. And it got really bumpy. That would be as it came off the runway then. Uh, and then he realised something had gone awry. Well, yes. Oh, the plane so. stopped 100 to 150 feet off the runway, he says. Desimio told CBS News it took 45 minutes to deplane de in Green Bay. The captain did a good job of communicating with the people as they got off and was very apologetic, Desimio adds. 
Oh, that's oh, there he is. Yeah, there anyway, he is. He's got his camera right. Yeah, absolutely. It's yeah, um, that's the end of the story. So yeah, it's safe, right. Uh, <laughs> safe to say they had a, they had a slight issue. Uh, yes, um, but uh, it, it, I'm not going to say what type of aircraft this is because Al will just um, nitpick. Right. Okay. <laughs> well, what is it then? Come on. <laughs> it's uh, it's a quality piece of uh, aviation um, um, material. Is it Al. right? Quality was it a TriStar? Is it? And obviously, <laughs> obviously, this particular Boeing was trying to avoid an Airbus, which was stuck on the runway at the time. I'd imagine, which is why he skidded off. Uh, right. Okay. Um, yeah. Okay. Well, I, I'm no expert, and I, I'm, I've not got my glasses on. But is it a 737 by any chance? Yes, it is, Al. <laughs> right. Well, the 737, and I'm, I'm sure that there are learned people in the chat room um, who fly the 737 will will potentially agree with me. 737 is not very good at stopping. It has I've the brakes of a Citroen that. 2CV, to be perfectly honest. Right. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I'm sure it's um, a little bit more and, industrial than uh, that. When Monarch Airlines were planning on having the 73 Max, it was one of the operational issues that they faced, is that the uh, the stopping performance has a negative impact on the amount of weight that you can carry out of destinations, because obviously if you have to abandon the takeoff then you do need to stop before the end of the runway that's part of the deal especially if you're at somewhere like gibraltar where the passengers haven't paid extra to go swimming yeah so um so the stopping performance of the 73 is not good um so uh, and i know that uh, they've been having some pretty rotten weather in that part of the united states so that will have compounded matters uh, quite considerably do you know what? Are those the, do they have those um, carbon fiber, uh, those car carbon brakes where they don't actually, they're not very effective until they're very hot? Now, yeah, same as uh, same as your Formula One car. They, they yeah. need to be hot because before they become most effective. Um, but it just seems to be that the the seven three seven just doesn't have very good stopping performance. Uh, uh, for its weight, and obviously over the years they've increased the weight quite considerably. I mean, you've got the 737-800, which is quite heavy. Yeah. Uh, but if you look at the at the wheels and the brake packs, they don't seem to have changed an awful lot. No, no. I must I must say, actually, going slightly off topic here, Al, I, you've given me the most amazing and ingenious idea, because one of the things I hate most of all when I do stay in hotels is the fact that they make you put one of your keys in the thing just so you can keep the damn lights on. <laughs> and the, 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 what, he's, the, 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 what he's done here, look, is just absolute genius. Why have I not thought of this before as a way of Wedged keeping the lights on? To keep, yeah, right. absolutely. Yeah, right. I just, awesome. That's actual yeah. genius right there, you see. That is some joined-up thinking right there. <laughs> we don't need to use a business card, which, of course, you'll have actually paid money for. Usually, hotels are very good and put various pieces of their own literature yeah, in absolutely. your room, which, if you fold <laughs> yes. up nicely, fits in the slot perfectly. Yeah, indeed. Yeah, this is, this is, this is brilliant. Yeah. It's, 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 you know, this, this show is full of useful advice. Inf for, advice, yeah, I know. I think so, anyway. And coming from Al. Yeah, indeed. Yeah, I well, I expect nothing less. Exactly. Well, let's, let's be honest. I mean, these pilot guys have probably got more experience about blooming hotels than you or I could ever possibly imagine. Or, or Nev, to be fair, you must spend a lot of time in hotel rooms as well. I do, not quite as much as Al does, though. No, that's for no sure. indeed, <laughs> absolutely. Yes, and yours is usually one particular chain, if you can at all get away with it. Uh, indeed, although that's not particularly an option these days. But no. uh, where I'm staying at the moment, I have to say that the hotel is very nice. The staff here are, are very, very friendly. Yeah. Um, and the air conditioning works, which oh, that's is great. Always a help. I've got it at a nice temperature. As you can maybe see, I'm in... in Short, Short sleeves, sleeves, yeah, absolutely. Um, so even though it's minus 10 outside, um, 
but no, it's it's not part of the Hilton Group that I uh, <laughs> love dearly. So there's no okay. points collection going the, oh on dear. here. This, this... But the ladies who work in the restaurant are very scrummy. Right. Okay. And and that is uh, motivation. Uh, if, if ever there was one, <laughs> to move on at a particular <laughs> hotel. Uh, good. Okay. Who's going? Is it next, please? <laughs> so the next uh, the next story. This one is on another one of our red bannered uh, oh, amazing news feeds here in the UK. This one's yeah. on the Mirror dot co dot uk. Uh, it has a video as well, which Matt will play. I yep. expect during the story. But uh, the headline: terrifying moment. Lightning strikes wing of Ryanair flight bound for Dublin. So a video captured by a passenger on board the flight bound for Dublin showed the bolt hit the top of uh, tip of the left wing. Uh, the video captured by a passenger on board the flight bound for Dublin showed the bolt hitting the left wing and he filmed it uh, during turbulent weather on February the 17th. Worried fellow flyers can be heard expressing their concerns before and after the incident. Most of the passengers appear not to have seen the lightning strike, but Ryanair confirmed the incident, saying that the flight from Grenoble to Dublin on the 17th of February encountered a lightning strike shortly after departure Ooh. from Grenoble before wow. continuing its flight wow. and landing normally at Dublin Airport. Matt's, Matt's enjoying this video. Sorry, I, yeah. uh, apparently Ryanair uh, engineers inspected the aircraft and cleared it to return straight back into that service. That is absolutely insane. Um, yeah, guys, if you if you are listening to the audio version of the show, this is the, the video clip that I'm playing is actually from um, the uh, the Mirror website, and it is that's, that's absolutely that's just. I mean, wow! The, I mean, it goes the, to. The, I mean, I know they say, "Oh, you should never be worried about lightning no. and that," because planes, you know, are designed for this kind of thing. It's just, just wow. When wow. I mean, to see it, it's um, it is a bit kind of worrying when you see things like this. But you know, it happens all the time. Al will uh, obviously back this up. He's uh, probably uh, had a few times when he's had a bit of lightning strike his aircraft at some point. Yeah, but. I think I'm up to five or six now. It's not something that happens all the time, obviously, um, but. Candidly, um, it's a non-event. But it's good uh, exciting to watch. Exciting to watch, maybe. Yeah. Um, and although passengers or other passengers say they might not have seen it, they will probably have heard it, because you usually get quite a loud bang when you get hit by lightning. Yeah, I bet. But I'm just watching the video now, actually. It took me a little while to, to get it up. Yeah, that is... Uh, excuse the expression. Yeah, indeed, yes, that's what she said. <laughs> uh, it's uh, it's a stunning sort of... Uh, well, it's unusual to get it sort of captured mm. and, uh, and that as yeah. well, but it, it's just... Uh, it I mean, just, I think it just from, from my point of view, as a nervous flyer, I mean, actually, I'm watching that video, and yes, it is, uh, you know, sort of shocking and, and all that kind of thing, but actually, I mean, it literally, it, as you say, it's like a non-event, like this massive bolt of huge amounts of electricity strikes you know the the fin at the end where it sort of go you know where it curves up the yeah. the, the fish tail or what do you call it the shark fin they're, 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 the, well the new ones are scimitous winglets but they they are just but I mean you can see the video that we're watching fin. now you can see it, where it's, it's a actually Boeing hit in the video isn't it so yeah, it's, it's what shark, they call shark an shark Airbus head. copy ah. right okay <laughs> right splendid anyway uh, but it, it, I mean it hasn't even like made a mark oh, I mean no. that's the most the, the most craziest thing is just like oh, well know. it will have made a mark that there will be a uh, a scorch mark on the aeroplane where the lightning uh, entered the aircraft there will yeah. be a small uh, perforation uh, where the, the lightning hit so it will have made a small hole in the aircraft and it will have traveled through the aircraft and have left the aircraft um, not necessarily anywhere near where it hit and usually when it leaves the aircraft it leaves several mm. little holes and we're talking 
uh, well, yeah. if you imagine the size of a pin, not the thin end, but the thick end, yeah. so a pinhead size hull. Um, so there will be there will be some damage. Okay, a first well. officer, Mike, in the chat room has said yeah. that uh, he's never been hit by lightning in his ten years uh, in the sky wow. yet. So. Yes, but that's because he's on the, the 787, so he rarely flies. Uh, <laughs> it's normally US, isn't it? Anyway. Yeah, I mean, yeah, okay. you're yeah. unlikely to be hit by lightning in a hangar, are you, Mike? Right. Uh. <laughs> wow. Uh, okay. Yeah, good. Uh, I'm, so, I'm so pleased. Uh, right, uh, quick before uh, we get Move into on. troubles. Somebody yeah, else, so, quick, uh, read the story. Uh, uh, this is you, actually, Matt. Actually. Oh, is it? Yeah. Oh, flipping it. I need to load the story then. Sorry, I was too busy. This, uh, this next story is actually a special one for uh, Jenny over in Rome. Okay. Yeah, so this is on the USA Today, is that correct? Yeah. That's the one. Uh, and the headline is, Air Italy, new airline looks to push out uh, Alitalia. Uh, so Italian carrier, Mer is it Meridiana? Meridiana, yeah. Meridiana is mm. rebranding itself as Air, it Air Italy as Air part Italy. of <laughs> an ambitious <laughs> plan to o overtake uh, perennially... Oh, dear. Perennially troubled Alitalia as Italy's top <laughs> global carrier. Thanks for this, Carlos. Uh, the new airline, already Italy's number two carrier, says that it can take uh, Milan Malep. Malpensa. Malpensa. I'm really enjoying this story. Uh, <laughs> the new airline, already Italy's number two carrier, says that it will make uh, Milan Malep. Mapalenza. Malpensa. Malpensa. It's, you're doing this to, on purpose to torture me. It's main hub and plans to quadruple its fleet and passenger numbers by 2022. The uh, new Milan to Bangkok route will uh, launch in September, part of a broader effort to beef up both domestic and regional schedules. Air Italy also takes uh, talked of a reinforced base at Rome's Fumoncino. No? Very good. Fumancino. Oh, is that all right? Yeah, very good. <laughs> He's good. Airport. Where it, do you know what helps? It's because I remember at, um, at our 200th, I remember Jenny actually mm. saying it to me, uh, where it also plans to add long-haul routes. Uh, Meridiana's, no? Oh, <laughs> Meridiana's rebranding and growth strategy is being helped by Qatar Airways, Qatar, 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 <laughs> <laughs> which brought a 49% stake in the Italian carrier airline last year. The effect to the, sorry, the effort to become Italy's top carrier comes as Alitalia's long, long Italy's, comes as Alitalia, long Italy's biggest player in aviation is yet again facing an uncertain future as it reorganises under bankruptcy protection. Uh, Air Italy says it intends to grow its fleet from around a, a dozen aircraft now to approximately 50 by 2022. That will include 20 new Boeing 737 MAX jets as well as Airbus A330s and Boeing 787 wide bodies. More to sit in a hangar then by the sound of it uh, for long haul routes. Uh, five of Air Italy's a 30s will be leased from Qatar, 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 uh, with uh, said airline uh, Airways CEO Akbar Al Baka yeah. saying that uh, would be done at market rates according to Flight Global. Uh, the company also rolled out a new paint scheme for its planes as part of the rebranding that will look to include the maroon colour 
that is dominant that is the dominant dominant color on the kata 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 uh, imagery. <laughs> uh, but uh, yeah, sorry, that's probably the worst reading of Jenny's, the story. Jenny ever from got Rome is yeah. going to be emailing us now. Yeah, absolutely. There's going to be a lot yeah, of abuse. She'll be after you, Matt. No, I know, well, no, and I don't blame her. I know. Air <laughs> Italy, Air Italy, though, has uh, they've only just been founded February this year. Yeah. Uh, commenced operations on the first. Uh, commencing operations on the first of March. Yeah. Um, their fleet, actually, their current fleet, they've got on at the moment. They actually do have some seven, uh, three seven six seven three hundred ERs. But yeah. uh, as Matt said, they have got some Airbus. Um, on order, twenty of uh, actually no, sorry, not twenty. Uh, five of the A three and some seven eight sevens as well. Perhaps they will yeah. plan to fly those. Who yeah. Knows? <laughs> uh. <laughs> so a, a question for the chat room, if I may. Ooh. What did Meridiana used to be called? Ooh. What was its previous name? Ah, very good. Okay. Uh, Jenny Charles, has just pop- Jenny has just popped up in the chat room. So it's oh, uh, Meridiana, <laughs> as in the airline. Yeah. Ow. Yeah, what, what, what was its previous... I know you're busily scrolling through Wikipedia. <laughs> right now, so. yeah. Is he here with us? Yeah, no, yeah I think uh, he might be. Yeah, absolutely. Oh uh, so what was yes. its previous incarnation? Yeah. Uh, 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 thanks for your comment in the chat room, by the way, Pip. Yes, uh, Carlos will be changing my batteries during the break. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, no takers on that, then? Al Alisada. Uh, no. no, no, you don't know Carlos. Do you no, know? okay. I'm looking. Called... <laughs> <laughs> oh, go on then, Al. Yeah, go on. Put about yeah, it used to be called Air Italy. Oh, right. oh okay. Oh, oh, well, that's 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 uneventful. Sorry. <laughs> oh, there we go. We could have guessed so that. Yeah, Jenny's yeah, it's actually going said back to its old name basically. Alisada, Jenny offered in the chat room actually. Just oh, is Jenny? Is Jen- yeah, Jenny. You? Jenny has just popped up in the chat oh, room blimey. just as we started talking about. Oh, her. Jenny. Yeah. <laughs> Which is a slightly under. Actually, yeah, Jenny's just yeah. said Alisada. Yeah. Yeah, Alisada. Yeah. So who are Alisada yeah. then? Are they what, what? What were they originally? Alisada. Uh, he goes back to Wikipedia again. Ali Sada, here we yeah, go. Yeah. There Alice, were a couple of airlines that came yeah, together Alice, to form Meridiana. One of them was uh, was Air Italy. Okay. Um, and, uh, yeah, so it's, uh, yeah, it's a reversion to an old name. With, uh, right. Ali Sada were founded in 1963, ceased operations in 1991 to create Meridiana. Ah, very good. There very we go. Good, very good indeed. Okay. So, <laughs> while I have my batteries Ooh, changed blimey. then, someone else? Uh, Nev, I think it's your go. <laughs> It is, yes. And oh, this um, story is an awesome. interesting one. It's uh, uh, un, uh, an unserviceable Boeing. Right. Unusual. Okay. <laughs> Hardly news, is it? <laughs> no, indeed. But, it, of course, it's in the Daily Mail, so of course Oh, it must news. be true. It must be true as well, which is uh, always a guarantee. Uh, yes. <laughs> and it says that tourists are flocking to see an abandoned Boeing jet in the middle of the field on the Indonesian island of Bali, but no one is sure how it got there. Surrounded by leafy trees, shipping containers and a hut, the plane rests in a large ditch just off the busy Raya Nusa Dua Selatan Highway. Adding to the mystery, the enclosed plane has no identification or branding on it. There is some speculation from locals and aviation enthusiasts that its owner had a dream of turning the airliner into a restaurant but couldn't foot the bill to see the project through and so left it to rust. Despite it being behind a locked gate guarded by security, the plane has become a quirky tourist attraction. 
Katka and Mick, the couple behind the popular travel blog We Just Travel, went to look at the plane in 2017 after reading about it. You can climb onto the shipping containers for a side-on sightseeing experience, but for the best view in the field, you have to part with uh, 100, sorry, uh, 10,000 Indonesian uh, rupees in Indonesia. Or I think nor- it may well be, but it'll be about a million now with our inflation. Yes, <laughs> right, yes. Or 0.000895 or Australian cents. Uh, Katka and Mick assured their blog readers that this price could be negotiated down to 5,000 Indonesian rupees. Uh, another travel vlogger, Josh from Exploring with Josh, visited the airliner in 2016. I have no idea how they got the plane just to sit here, but it's here, Josh says in the video. He tried to bribe the guards for a closer look, but it is but it was quickly denied. But the plane is not the only Boeing 737 to find an unusual home on the island. A second 737 sits eight kilometres north in Kendonangan, uh, an area of Jimbaran uh, Beach, famed for its f- uh, grilled seafood restaurants. This one is right next door to a Dunkin' Donuts and so close right. to the street that its wings <laughs> hang over the road. Wow! It, it has its engines removed and sits propped up on stilts in an other, otherwise empty dock. Uh, in the vlo- in his vlog, Josh visits the second Boeing 737 and manages to climb into the cargo pit, which is filled with boxes of blankets. This is so cool to be inside a plane, though, he says. No one could really do this unless you were working for planes or building them, he said. What an extraordinary story. So they're saying there that... Uh, I told you th- they th- didn't stop very well. I mean, he's managed to go 50 miles beyond the nearest airport. <laughs> Yep, and he's, no, ju- no. he's just stopped before he's gone into that... Uh, that Dunkin' that, Donuts. That, that, yes. that would have been a disaster, that would have been, wouldn't it? I mean, you know, I can cope with the loss of a Boeing, that's not great loss, but losing a Dunkin' Donuts... <laughs> right, well, indeed, yeah, absolutely. One has to but, get one's priorities correct, obviously. I, uh, <laughs> I, was, I was trying to see where... You could, cause they say they don't know what the, who, what the aircraft, who it belonged to, but if you look, I mean, you can make out there was a name on the side of the fuselage on the first picture on that uh, site that you put up, Matt. Yeah. Um, M- I'm just looking at it. It's M-A-N-D-O-L. don't know. So it, it, yeah. yeah. I'm surprised no one knows um, uh, which or where it came from or how it, I mean, how it got there, to be sure. There'll be a story behind it somewhere that will be very un, uneventful and unexciting. No I mean, judging by the engine pods, they, yeah. were, they were Pratt & Whitney J88D, so that puts it at being a, a 200 series uh, 737. But, mm. um, hmm. I think that was actually... They, they look like a, a 300 series, don't they? They don't, they don't look like a 200 series, but... No, I, think, um, I think they're... I think they're three, uh, two hundred series now. A, right? Okay, a disagreement yeah. is is ensuing, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, uh, I'm offering an alternative. An alternative, yes, uh, indeed. The chat room will no doubt. Line is, it's a piece of junk rotting in the jungle. Right? <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure, I'm sure, the chat room will be uh, <laughs> yeah. um, uh, ecstatic. Oh. Uh, yeah, indeed. Uh, there we go. It's it's like, who what's what's that? Oh, uh, I'm just reading in the chat room as yeah, well. Yeah, I can say yeah. I was. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, we should stop doing that and maybe carry on with the show. Uh, Owen uh, said it looks like Mandala Airlines airframe. Uh, okay. And then Shorty said they ran out of fuel. Uh, 
Which right, it just, what, just ran out of fuel and mm. then that's where it ended up, yeah, I suppose. Well, because it may well have been however long ago it was put there. Maybe it was a desert or something, I don't know. Perhaps, perhaps it was supposed to be going to the junkyard in the desert and they ran out of fuel. I'd love one in my back garden, personally, <laughs> but there we go. Yeah, I don't think um, your wife will, however. No, but, I, I will uh, one day have a <laughs> yeah, flight deck you? of something in my bedroom right, or garden okay. or something. Anyway, moving on, yeah. Captain Al, uh, next story is for you. It's, uh, it's, well, it's especially for you, really, being it's an Airbus story. Oh, good. Right. Fantastic. And it actually comes from Flight Global, which is uh, an a actual aviation yeah. publication. <laughs> what what a refreshing change, yes. Uh, yes. <laughs> and the headline reads, Airbus completes 8,000th A320 family delivery. Airbus has passed a key milestone in single-aisle production with the delivery of its 8,000th A320 family aircraft. Flight Fleet's analyzer, easy for some to say, shows that the 8,000th A320 family aircraft to be produced, MSN, funnily enough, 8,000, a Pratt & Whitney (laughs) PW1100G powered A320neo B1068, that's its uh, registration, was delivered to Air China on the 1st of February. The aircraft was delivered from Airbus's Chinese assembly line in Shenzhen, and the aircraft uh, had flown 10 days earlier on the 22nd of January. However, Airbus's monthly delivery summary shows that the 8,000 A320 family delivery in fact took place during the last day of January when a total of four A320 family aircraft were delivered to four airlines, including Air India and A320neo laced from CIT, Lion Air, Batique Air, an A320, Spirit Airlines, an A320, and Virgin America, which I seem to recall, are, are they no longer in that name anymore? I may, may be mistaken. Anyway, an A321neo leased from GCAS. The first ever A320 delivery. Yeah, Virgin America is part of Alaska now, isn't it, Carlos? Yeah, it is, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. The first ever A320 delivery, uh, a CFM International CFM 56-powered A320-100 uh, uh, was made to Air France in March 1988. Carlos will be able to tell you who was number one in the pop charts of March 1988. <laughs> I wouldn't count on it. <laughs> As of the 1st of January, he goes on Wikipedia. Total, of, uh, total A320 family orders stood at 14,135 aircraft. A320 family aircraft assemble on four lines worldwide, Toulouse and Hamburg in Europe, Mobile in the USA and Shenzhen in China. Flight Fleet's analyzer shows the majority, 36% of the 8,000 deliveries, have been made to operators in the Asia-Pacific region. Wow. So that's a good story. They're, I mean, they're, they're, a, they're a really popular aircraft, aren't they, the A320s? I mean, they're, 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 a, nice, they're a nice aircraft, never mind all this Boeing rubbish. That's what I say. Very yeah. much so, uh, <laughs> and uh, a, a real workhorse for a, for a lot of airlines. Yeah. And uh, mm. uh, it's uh, it's been obviously going for nowhere near as long as as the the seven three seven. But I think the seven three seven shows its age, to be honest. Yeah, 
And for your information, Captain Al, uh, March 1988, was uh, Rick Astley and Never Gonna Give You Up. Oh, an excellent choice. Excellent. <laughs> an excellent song. So there we go. There we are. What a result uh, that was. Uh, this, this, is a, this is an aviation show. Right? I know, just but the info uh, just comes from everywhere. Does it? Yeah. yeah. Wikipedia, in your case, possibly. I know. So uh, moving on <laughs> to the next story. This one is on the Bloomberg.com website. And a uh, story we covered, I think it was last week, the week before we had uh, the story about uh, the mm. issue of Pratt uh, having issues with their engines yeah. for the A320s, but uh, Pratt and Whitney have succeeded in tamp- uh, in tamping down the latest crisis to threaten its $10 billion wow. next-generation jet engine program with a temporary fix that will keep the Airbus planes flying until a permanent solution is found. Right. Uh, Pratt, a unit of United Technologies Corporation, uh, scrapped a newly introduced seal that uh, caused engine vibrations and took almost a dozen Airbus A320neos out of service, according to people familiar with the plan. A previous version will be installed at work but didn't last as long as expected, said the people asking not to be named because the details haven't been made public. The alteration buys time for engineers to perfect a so-called knife-edge compressor a seal while minimizing downtime for the A320neo Airbuses, uh, which are most important because they're powered obviously by the Pratt engines, which are under intense pressure to fix the turbine, which competes uh, with one made by a venture of General Electric Co. and Safran. Um, Pratt uh, developed a geared turbofan from the ground up to cement its status on the most widely flown type of aircraft. But it's been plagued by delays and glitches since it entered service in 2016. The engine maker said it released a revised configuration but didn't specify the nature of the change. That a solution is based on a design which the company has significant experience and this solution has received all the necessary regulatory approvals, uh, Pratt said in a statement on Wednesday. Engines incorporating the change will be delivered at the beginning of next month. While the latest fix should help uh, persuade investors that the turbine and the A320neo isn't about to suffer a major crisis, reverting to the original component itself, flawed won't be sufficient in the longer term. Now, you, what, wouldn't you think that with something as incredibly important as an engine, yes. uh, being an engine manufacturer, you want yes. to sort the issue out completely rather than... Um, uh, get some sellotape and kind of put over the issue. I think Al's just fallen off the loop. I don't like the word temporary solution. Temporary solution. Yeah, temporary solution makes me a little yeah. bit unnervous. A little nervous, it has to be said. But uh, I, I guess it's better than, than not being in service. In service, so, yeah. But I, I suppose there's, again, Al may be able to answer this one. There's a reason, you know, presumably there's a reason why they moved away from the original seal. So it didn't last as long, apparently. Right. Okay. So yeah. it was supposed to be a, a longer, longer-serving mm. seal, for want of a better word. But it's obviously not worked if it's creating unusual um, vibrations and things well, like that. Well, it says it says in the story as well. Almost a third of the 113 Pratt-powered A320 Neos in operation are equipped with one or two of the engines with the latest flaw. Oh, so. Oh dear. Yeah. I think as uh, as engine manufacturers try to push the envelope with these new design engines, and quite clearly, it's I mean not a, a similar issue with the the Trent engines on on the seven eight seven, but it is an engine issue. That you know we're getting towards the end edge of the envelope in you know pushing out designs and then putting them into reality and seeing what happens. So I think it's an, an inevitability that. 
uh, and it, it's happened throughout the the life of aviation really the the Rolls-Royce RB211 had a terrible mm. introduction to service uh, when it came into service all mm. those years ago but then proved to be an exceptionally reliable engine yeah. uh, the V2500 that sits on the wing of a lot of A321s was a pretty wretched engine when it first came into service but now it was phenomenally reliable so I suspect that and this will be the case with the, the 787 that once these things are smoothed out yeah. these engines will, will become real workhorses but we are making ever you know increasing demands on engines with regards to efficiency as we try to be green wherever possible yeah. so I think it's just inevitable that there will be these little glitches and I think that's all they are well let's hopefully that is let's hope that is literally just that just just a glitch so we'll move mm. on to the next story then this Ooh, is this is interesting uh, uh, well my batteries have now been changed so fingers crossed I'll be able to read this one a little better this <laughs> is the traveler website and the headline is duty-free liquor limits where can you fill your entire airline baggage with booze <gasps> uh, like to BYO which I presume they bring mean your bring own. your own uh, when you head overseas the laws on how much duty-free liquor you can bring in varying quantities uh, in, in varying Oh dear, no, it appears the battery very hasn't worked. <laughs> <laughs> so Go down the clinch here, Matt. Yeah, indeed. So the laws of how much duty-free liquor you can bring in vary enormously from one country to another. And comparison site finder.com.au, so this is an Australian site, uh-oh, has done some digging on the subject. If you're travelling to Germany, for example, you could fill your entire airline baggage allowance with booze. Mm. The duty-free allowance for Germany is a massive hangover-inducing 22 litres, although 16 <laughs> litres of that is for beer, four for non-sparkling wine, and two litres of liquor under 22% of alcohol. In Britain, it's just a shade less. 18 litres total comprised of 16 litres of beer, four litres of wine, plus plus two litres of liquor under 22%, uh, or one litre of over 22%. Uh, Asian nations generally have much lesser amounts. T Taiwan, Hong Kong, South Korea, Thailand, Indonesia, Philippines and Malaysia allow just one litre, while Vietnam, Singapore and Japan set the bar higher at three litres. Uh, the total, Germany and Britain has have such... I'm sorry, let's read that. I don't, I don't, I'm so sorry. Are you right, Matt? I don't know what's the we'll matter with you. It's a break. Sunday, you see. I'm supposed to be in a coma about now. Uh, the reason uh, Germany and Britain have such high allowances is down to their membership of the European Union. Their citizens will often travel to other nations within the EU and particularly to the larger wine-producing countries, mm. including Italy, France and Spain, and stock up with beers and wines. And the EU Customs Union is liberal when it comes to transporting goods across the uh, across the frontiers for personal consumption. In Australia, the duty-free limit is 2.25 litres of any alcohol beverages per passenger aged 18 and over. Do you know, I can't honestly remember the last time I, f I flew anywhere, whether it be long haul or to, <coughs> to Malt or anywhere, and I pur purchased duty-free alcohol. I, I, I can't remember the last time I'd done I that. I've tended to do it in the airport... Oh. You know, yeah, like, I can imagine that Nev has picked up some at Gibraltar. Oh, yeah, I certainly have. And uh, <laughs> am I right in saying that the Canary Islands as well uh, are duty-free uh, too? Yes, they uh, are, yes, yeah. Yeah, so when went to Fuerteventura, uh, picked up a couple of litres there, and certainly every time I go to Jib, I bring uh, Mrs Nev back some uh, gin. 
Uh, uh, no, she, she does have a drink problem now, certainly. Right. <laughs> okay, and on, and on that uh, brave bombshell, she's not listening downstairs again, is she, Nev? I mean, I this could... Not, no. <laughs> Indeed, this could be a, a bit of a problem. Uh, okay, good. Uh, so... Uh... <laughs> Right. Only if she's padlocked Nev's studio, so we can't get out. Well, there is yeah. that. There is that possibility. Yeah, right. Absolutely, who knows? It's uh, it's time to move on then to the next story. I don't know who's who's going is next. Really, it must be uh, Nev. I think is normally it's next. Me, and uh, once again, it's another red top story from the Sun. Um, oh, actually, quite a sensible story for a change for, by by their standards, I must say. And uh, it's all about uh, the new high tech scanners, and they're going to allow passengers to keep their shoes on at airport security gates and uh, prototypes are likely to be ready for testing at, at departures within a year. Uh, they are to be, de- be developed under a £1.8 million initiative by the Department of Transport and a step-on shoe scanner to be produced in Derbyshire is amongst the systems to get the backing. It'll create high-contrast images to be analysed by computers set up to detect threats. Another walk-through system being developed in Wales will measure radiation levels. It should allow passengers to keep their coats on and ministers hope that the new scanners will cut queues for security checks. Airports began asking some passengers to take off footwear after shoe bomber Richard Reid was caught on a 2001 flight. Uh, Aviation Minister Baroness Sugg said the, the, this latest £1.8 million of funding invests in uh, innovative projects. That will ensure we are continuing to capitalise on pioneering research. The aim is to have a safer and smoother travel experience for air passengers. The safety of people travelling on all modes of transport is our top priority and future aviation security solutions program is just one example of the huge importance we place on the security of passengers security minister ben wallace said we are determined to harness the power of innovation and this ambitious program will help us continue to use the best technologies as part of our aviation security well, that's all very good, um, but it's the same problems that we're always, uh, they are always playing catch up yeah. um, with security and there's always going to be someone that's one step ahead, which is why we're seeing these um, security measures coming in where you have to take your shoes off and it was the liquids yeah. ban mm. and all sorts of stuff. So it's, it's a very tricky job. I would not like to be tasked with the job myself because it's almost a, a, a never, uh, a no-win situation. But if this helps to stop some of the queuing at security, yeah, then that's definitely. probably got to be a good thing. Them. Well, and that's probably what I think. One of the biggest problems that, uh, sorry, uh, one of the biggest problems that passengers seem to face is it's twofold. First, those the people who just do not understand airports, uh, and they need a personal training program to explain what happens yeah. at airports, and you know that sort of thing. But part of that is because there's a widespread confusion because no two airports have the same set of rules. Right. And uh, recently, as I've started traveling around Europe quite a lot, just as a regular passenger, just a simple pleb, and some people will say that I'm just a pleb anyway. Um, <laughs> so <laughs> y- you go from one airport to another, and it's, you know, is it belt on, belt off? Is it, you know, shoes yeah. off, shoes off, coat mm. on, coat off? Uh, you know, can you put in, you know, your jacket in with your iPad or does the iPad have to go separately in a tray? There is just no seemingly common standard as to what is supposed to be gone going on each airport has its own set of quirky little rules so people end up spending twice the amount of time going through this process as they need to because they're just trying to establish what's what the Mm. status quo is how it goes here 
Um, you start to take your belt off and they go, no, 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 don't take your belt off. And then the next airport that you go to with exactly the same belt, you must take your belt off. It's just there needs to be a set of common rules across the, the civilised world and that's what we, we play against. I would also say that I, when Edinburgh was part of the uh, BAA group, the British Airports Authority, there was even differences between Heathrow and Edinburgh, uh, even though they were the same company when they were. Yeah. And uh, I've certainly found on many occasions that I start to, to do something at Edinburgh. And they go, no, we don't do that here. And I go, well, you do it, Heathrow, and you're the same company. Or they the same were company. Yeah, yeah that's least. weird. So, that is, you, yeah. could, you could understand that if one company had that had, you know, uh, you know across network uh, rules, um, yeah. you know, so like all mag airports, for example, have their own certain, you know, way, way of doing things, as you say, and likewise with Heathrow and that. It's very strange to, to go to one that's in Scotland and find that they, they don't have the same security protocols but then presumably security protocols aren't necessarily set by the airport they're set by the governments aren't they because it's border force and things like that that are the people who yeah i mean they're they're set by the government as the the basic framework and then each airport is allowed to have its own uh sort of rules that sit underneath underneath excuse me that umbrella rule framework so yeah uh, um, this is where you get all these variations, and there are now quite a lot of German airports where you don't need to take your shoes off. Uh, they have a, a, a scanner. Now, whether it's going to be this this one that Neva's just read about or if it's a different form of scanner, but you keep your shoes on. Um, and, you, you know, the, whilst I agree that technology, you know, needs to be kept updated, what people need to know what, what's going on. I recently travelled through Budapest. Now, what they have there whilst you're queuing up is a video that shows you exactly what you yeah. need to do as a passenger, what you mm-hmm. need to take off, what you don't need to take off, whether you take your shoes off or not, where you put your iPad, laptop, etc. Yeah. Um, I don't know how many people actually watched the video, but yeah. I did, and it made my transition through their security painless, or as painless yeah. as it can be. Um, but it's education, I think, really, and a common set of standards. Well, also, I mean, I, I would, I would argue also actually because at Heathrow, um, when when I've gone through there a couple of times, they do have. There's no sound or anything. It's just literally um, a set of slides that are running, an animation that's running on the screen as you're walking through, uh, approaching security, even. So it's even before you've got there, and it does clearly show on those screens as you're queuing, waiting for your go. It clearly states what you've got to do and what they expect to put where, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Um, but uh, interestingly enough, as they were saying uh, in, in the chat room here they're, they're actually saying that uh the uh in america it's all the same uh in in every airport they have they've got a like a uh, Sh- uh shorty cosgrove is saying that there's there's a standard across all airports in, in the usa and something that surprised me actually owen was saying in the chat room here that um manchester and stanford have slightly different procedures and yet they're both mag i just find that really yes. strange you know you'd think like all baa airports would have a certain standard so 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 is it the airport that's responsible for the security rather than say so border forces involvement is only literally when you come back i guess is it yes it is and uh, at the risk of offending shorty um it's not actually the same at every u.s airport because uh they have a different set of procedures if there's a a, a canine on duty uh, a dog okay. so for example at orlando international uh if there is a a dog on duty um then you don't have to take your shoes or your belt or your jacket off no. you just go straight through yeah okay. i know that might sound wholly bizarre um, yeah. but that is how they play it Master and exactly. uh, equally at, at jfk uh, through BA's uh, first-class security, uh, you don't have to take any of your shoes or belts or jackets off. You just walk straight through. 
Yeah, uh, Mash has said said something similar here in the chat room, where she said uh, that that um, uh, I haven't had to take my shoes off in years. Um, and uh, also, again, so somebody else was saying like, uh, what is it? Uh, uh, Malaga has a shoe scanner at the uh, at the crew line, and if you beep, uh, you have to take your shoes off while you're wearing them, um, uh, like there on the scanner. Um, in America, you have to take them off every time, which is certainly my experience when I've gone through. Um, it's yeah. um, I mean, Shorty's just said in the chat room uh, that I'm right, my bad. There's no need to to uh, to apologise, Shorty. No. It is just one of these things that, uh, mm. um, depending on how, how many different airports you go yeah. through, mm. uh, determines your sample of different levels, really. Yeah. But, yeah. Uh, uh, yeah, they are certainly more... Uh, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? I've had a, a, a brain fart. Uh, more standard in the United States because <laughs> it is the TSA that does the security. Right. Okay. Pretty much across the board. I think there right. are one or two airports that do their own. Um, so there is a bit more standardization. Um, I think most people in the United States will agree that um, the TSA are a fairly humorless department or function. <laughs> Um, yeah. Whereas at least some of the European airports, you can have a bit of a laugh and a joke yeah. with some people, um, as long as you choose your subject matter carefully. Yeah, <laughs> yeah indeed. Yeah, I, I, actually, that that mirrors uh, the, the what what Pip said here in the chat room. He's saying that it'd be nice if security workers realised how different rules can be across at different, different airports. airports yeah. um, had many a heated debate over the years with some of these fine workers. I, it's it's. Uh, I think the general thing is if you want to yeah. save time at an airport through security. Yeah. Wear flip flops. Right. Okay. Um, there we go. That's so, my top tip. So other than the fashion crisis, you will crisis get arrested that... because you do need to have some basic underwear because you're now committing an offence if you just yes. turn up in flip flops. Right. Good point. And that's yes. not the sort of thing we want to see, Carlos. No. Okay. okay. <laughs> how, how, about, how about the socks and sandals rule? Oh dear. Oh dear, dear, dear. No. 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 no okay. No. No, no I told you last time that you wore socks with your sandals not to do it. Yeah. It's just not trendy, no, okay? <laughs> indeed. You know, the Nike Air Jerusalems are, 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 a, are a very special, uh, uh, you know, kind of shoe. I, I, I mean, I know it fits in in your locality, but when you travel outside <laughs> of the county, Carlos, this is just not good. Look, not all, uh, of, not all of us have web feet, you know. Some of us are actually from outside of the county. There's no need for that. Uh, anyway. <laughs> you, were only, you were only brought in to increase the gene pool, weren't you? Right. Right. Yeah. Okay. That's not worked out well for I'm, I'm we'll, kind of, we'll, I'm we'll kind of worried now. I'm worried now because we, we've left the last story for Captain Al to read. Uh oh. And, and what is it? And it's it's a story. And um, Al, I mean, take it away. Basically. Uh, okay. okay. This comes from that well-known publication called the Nairobi News. Oh, Buddha! Right. Okay. Which for you, Carlos, is somewhere in South America. Okay. <laughs> okay. okay, Al. <clears throat> and uh, this story is written by Chad. Kitundu. Uh, right. A flight okay. had to be dived. What, what was the headline for this story, of, Al? Uh, uh, well, flight makes emergency landing after passengers fight over fart. Uh, right. Okay. Uh, Is this kind of like, like, you know, uh, do you remember this? Because uh, I, I shall read on and then I'll explain why it's interesting. Okay. Okay, fair enough. Far a flight away. had to be diverted and forced to make an emergency landing. Not right. a normal landing, an emergency landing. Right. After a fight <laughs> broke out between passengers midair, after one of the passengers could not start farting. Wow. The low-cost Dutch airliner was flying from Dubai to Amsterdam, well, and the a pilot long had to land in Vienna <laughs> after the flight. Oh, sorry, after the fight. I haven't got my reading specs on, I do apologise. <laughs> The pilot slip, of the yeah. Transavia Airlines flight decided to make the unscheduled stop in Austria 
after things got a little out of hand during the journey. The Daily Mail, quoting Dutch news outlet De Telegraph. So this is the Nairobi News who are quoting the, the Daily, Daily Mail, Mail, who are quoting <laughs> De Telegraph. Good. Reported Lovely. that two Dutchmen objected when a flatulent co-passenger seated next to them kept breaking wind loudly. The two men pleaded with him to stop and complained to the flight crew as well. However, the passenger continued to fart despite several requests from passengers and the crew. Right. <laughs> it is unclear as to whether he was suffering some sort of medical condition. A brawl subsequently broke out between the offending passenger and the two Dutchmen, which is when things started to get out of control. That's when the pilot made the decision to land the plane in Vienna, reporting that passengers were on the rampage. Right. Austrian police later boarded the plane with police dogs and escorted four suspects off the flight. However, no arrests were made since none of the detained passengers had broken any Austrian laws. Right. <laughs> okay. According to the Mirror, a police spokesperson confirmed that the incident had occurred due to a passenger suffering from wind who was not attempting to restrain himself. Right. Well, if he didn't have a cork with him, there's not like he no, could no do, indeed. is there? <laughs> Strangely enough, this is not the first time an incident of this nature has taken place on an airplane. In July 2017, an American Airlines flight had to be evacuated at a North Carolina airport after a man reportedly broke wind so violently it caused nausea and headaches amongst his fellow passengers. Wow. Okay. Right. I mean, <laughs> that I mean, I, I, is one heck of a fight. Indeed. Now there are several. There are several things. There are several issues that I have with this story. Not least of it's presumably, I think it's safe to say that the reason why the aircraft was diverted to another location was not because of somebody farting, but purely and simply because a fight had broken out on the on the aeroplane. I mean, that the, that wouldn't have been the reason why why it had been turned around. Now, and then the second point I'd like to make here is certainly having been in a confined space with Carlos over so many years, uh, the most likely thing to have occurred in such an incident is the fact that the other passengers would be unconscious around him. They wouldn't necessarily... Yeah, it's just like... I think it's safe to say we've gone to new depths here on, on the Plane Talking Perhaps UK. Perhaps this could be the, uh, the tag Carlos. for this week's show. Right, yes, all right, leave it with me. Yes. Yeah. Certainly clunged to new depths, you're absolutely well, right. I mean, what, what, where, where are we going next week? What, what in-flight incident is going to cause some <laughs> yeah, sort of brawl? Know. Uh, any passenger turns up with with last remaining portion of Kentucky Fried Chicken. <laughs> My goodness! Oh, no. Now that would definitely cause a fight. There's no two ways about that. It's. Uh, I mean, any thoughts on this at all, Nev? Uh, um... <laughs> ah, it, it's almost. Uh, I can't really find the words actually. Um, right. I, I think <laughs> that, um, You're in shock, aren't yeah, you? Yeah. <laughs> once, yeah. I mean, we, we've all had those situations, haven't we? Yes. Where, yes. Um, where we'd like know, to, we, but we, we, we there, there's been issues. Yeah. It's a question of, of how you deal with it. Yes. Or, or or do you shout out at the top of your voice, I'm get okay. in, or, or something yeah. like that? <laughs> <laughs> I, I, get I, I, in! There you go, get I've just in. done one for you. Yes, there, there you are. are. Yeah. Uh, Neil Landwarn in the chat room has said, uh, it could be aerotoxic syndrome. And, right. uh, <laughs> okay. and uh, Shorty Crosgrove has said as well, did the masks drop from the ceiling? Possibly, I mean, yes. Know, absolutely. Um, Oxygen levels are a bit low. Yeah. Yes, there, there is that. I don't know. What is this? Like? Uh, Neil said it's a load of old guff, really. Right, okay, good. We're going yeah. to have a long chat, I think, after the show comes oh, about dear. where you get your stories from. <laughs> uh, <laughs> well, I thought I'd end on a high. Yeah, yeah, or a low, uh, as or this low. has turned out to be. Anyway, <laughs> that is... Um, where we bring... Where we bring yeah. the aviation news... 
element of the show to a close. Uh, and it is, as always, time to welcome Nev's over, yeah. passenger experience. Perhaps you'd like to uh, share with the world what we've got to look forward to this week. Yeah, well, this uh, one is all about um, regional flying and what it's like in some of the small airports. And actually, we did talk about that slightly on, on the show earlier. Mm. And specifically, this one's about uh, in Edinburgh. And I was up there about a week ago and I had a chat with one of my colleagues there. And have a listen to it. It's quite, uh, quite interesting, I think. and welcome to another Nev's Passenger Experience segment. Well, this week I'm in Edinburgh on business and jolly cold it is too. The wind howling down Princess Street in the city centre was pretty brutal, I can tell you. Whilst I was there, I met a very good friend and business colleague, Douglas Bolton. Douglas has been involved in the audiovisual industry for about the same time as I have and we always have a natter about the good old days and how technology has changed in that time. Whilst I was there, I thought I would have a chat with Douglas about about regional flying and how Edinburgh Airport has changed over the years. When I first went there in 1985, there were the usual shuttle flights to and from London, the Highlands and Islands operations, and just a handful of holiday destinations in the spring and summer months. Nowadays, it's a very busy place and there are always new bits being added on to it. And I began by asking Douglas what were his early memories of the airport? Yeah, it's certainly advanced a lot in recent years. Um... I can remember when it was Turnhouse, which was a long time ago. Well, still is Turnhouse, up to a point. But now the passenger airport is very much Edinburgh Airport. Edinburgh International Airport, I think, actually. Yeah, it's, it still feels quite small when you come back from bigger airports overseas. But it's, it's moving on and it's improving. Um, and they've added a lot of flights recently to interesting places, which means it's going to get busier and busier and I guess that drives more development. Certainly. I think that the guys on the security side of things, the immigration, uh, have done a magnificent job. It's so quick now compared to how it used to be, I think. Well, they don't basically care, do they? I mean, you know, what we are sending out of this country, they don't care what's coming in. <laughs> no. Uh, seriously, yeah, they, do. they spent a lot of time developing the both the departure security and the arrival security and uh, I think they've got it pretty slick. Of course, airport security is always annoying but if it's got to be there, it might as well be as slick as it can be. And uh, yeah, the guys at Edinburgh and girls at Edinburgh seem to have got it quite good. Yeah, I agree with that. Now, what about your own sort of flying? We, we've just come back uh, together, or also separately. You, you came into Edinburgh and I went in Heathrow from uh, Amsterdam. What, what sort of flying do you do uh, generally for, for work and for leisure? Uh, I have to say I generally do very little flying. I'm not a regular flyer. Uh, most of my work happens in the UK, and I'm a train and car user by choice. Um, but when I do fly, you know, I like the flight to be, well, I like the whole experience to be pleasant, which it generally isn't nowadays because of all that security stuff. I suppose what I don't like about air travel is the faceless, facelessness of it, the fact that any airport you're in feels like any other airport. Uh, generally, you can't see out of any airport, so you don't really know where you are. I believe there's a lot done in uh, psychology courses that explain why that is. but. For me, um, flying's not a thing I enjoy. I'm not scared of it, I'm not worried about it, I just don't enjoy it. So I would choose other methods of transport when I can. 
I remember when we worked together at the same company a while ago, uh, <clears throat> you would always prefer to take the train down to London. Um, so how long would that take from Waverley to King's Cross, for example? Well, it depends exactly which train you get, but the fastest you can get is four hours exactly. And uh, the normal one is 4.20, 4.30. You know, they vary a little bit depending where they stop. But for me, city centre to city centre, that's quicker than flying. Um, it's also a lot more expensive than flying, but that's my preference. I can properly work for four hours on the train. Can't do that in a plane or not on a one-hour flight on a plane. So, yeah, for me, that's a better solution. I agree. And um, I've talked to a few of my colleagues that um, were travelling to Amsterdam, this time from London. Uh, next year, or maybe 2020, there's going to be a direct service from London King's, sorry, St Pancras, to Amsterdam directly, and that's just going to be over, over four hours, which will be brilliant. Yeah, for me, that would make it quite a long journey, because uh, <laughs> the flight from Edinburgh to Amsterdam is only an hour and a half. Um, but yeah, that would be quite enjoyable, although I guess a lot of it's in the dark, tunnels, but uh, yeah, I, I know for you, Nev, that's a tricky thing, because you have a fear of spontaneous combustion when you get in a train, but you know, it's okay, really, it's okay. Yes, I'm far more, far more comfortable five miles above the ground. But what about when you go on holiday? Um, what sort of places do you go to and what kind of airlines do you, do you take on? Well, I'm one of these odd people that doesn't go on holiday a lot, partly because I'm self-employed and so is my partner, so work has to come first. And also because we enjoy where we live and we don't uh, get to enjoy that very much when we're working. So when we've got time off, we tend to stay at home and have the odd day out here and there. But we used to fly more regularly than we do now, and it was usually Greece or France or Portugal or places like that. Um, but it's so long ago that, you know, I, I guess uh, the Wright brothers were probably at the helm, and uh, so it's not very relevant now. That's very true, but things have changed, haven't they, a great deal uh, in terms of how we get on and off planes, and, and it's... As I've said before on this podcast, that you know, doing 600 miles an hour through the air is now the easy bit. It's now getting on the plane and all the security stuff. It's not a lot of fun, is it? Yeah, absolutely. And, that, and that's exactly what I'm less keen on. Is uh, I think the bit either end of the flight is really quite unpleasant. And uh, you certainly don't feel like you're doing anything special. The bit in the air is fine. You know, I think... Uh, a lot of parallels with the health service, really. The bit in hospital's okay, the bit getting there and the bit going home is not so good. I don't find flying an attractive proposition, and I suppose that's maybe got an influence on why I don't do it very much. Well, Douglas, thanks very much, Dave, for talking to me today. Really appreciate it. As ever, Nev, it's been an ordeal, but hey-ho. and other great shows at the Aviation Media Network. The Voices in Your Head.com.
The Plane Talking UK podcast is a voluntary project that aims to keep you informed with the latest aviation-related stories from news buyers across the globe. Producing our content does cost money, though. If you enjoy our show, why not help us keep on the air by making a donation towards the server and website hosting fees through PayPal. Any contributions would be greatly appreciated. Are you an Amazon user? If so, why not do your shopping through the link on our website? There's no cost to yourself, and Amazon pays us a small referral fee on qualifying purchases. To find out more about the show and to meet the team, take yourself to our website website www.plaintalkinguk.com or find us on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash plaintalkinguk on Twitter via at plaintalkinguk or get in touch via email on podcast at plaintalkinguk.com Thanks, Thanks for, for listening. listening. Flyby 5823 Trent Dane for 2-3 Manchester with Air 6X Client Flight Level 210 Direct to Bretman's Park United, one, two, three, maintain two, eight, zero knots. London, two, TME, turn right onto Bravo, link, two, one, join, alpha, hold at Mora, speedbird, four, seven, two, LOC, slash, TME, approach runway, two, seven, left. Follow the green stand, five, four, four. That's enough air traffic control for today, Nat. Bedtime. Have you ever wondered what it would be like to fly a commercial passenger jet? Looked up at the sky and thought, I wish that was me? Well, now anyone has the chance to have a go at flying in a real aircraft simulator. NP Simulations and Flight Experience London, the only official Boeing-licensed product of its kind in the UK, offer you the chance to fly anywhere in the world in their fixed-base Boeing 737-800 Flight Simulator. And that's not all. Ground School London offers many different courses for the up-and-coming pilot looking for a start in aviation. With prices starting at just £109, the sky's the limit. So, for the ultimate flight simulator experience, or engaging preparatory courses, including those for schools and colleges, check out the websites at www.london.flightexperience.co.uk and www.groundschoollondon.com or call on 020 300 40 616. NP Simulations. Fly your dreams. As always, Nev, sterling work. Oh, you're welcome. Yeah, I hope you enjoyed that. And uh, yes, it was very cold in Edinburgh I bet. when I was up there, I must say. Very chilly. I bet. I bet. Uh, so, uh, listen, uh, we've been, uh, we're, 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 we had a long meeting, didn't we, at uh, Christmas time, didn't we, Sir Nev? And, mm. and we sort of made uh, several things where we wanted to sort of improve, if you like, um, you know, the way that we film things and, and, yeah, and the way nothing, things we yeah. do like that. Uh, Carlos's job was to find less stories about farting and food. Uh, that's gone, that's <laughs> gone really well, uh, as you can probably tell from yes. this week's show but myself and Nev have been working very hard behind the scenes Nev especially uh, and as I'm about to show you the camera if you are watching inside you'll see what uh, Ooh, the latest treat if the, little per- the special purchase is that's mm. just recently occurred yes well what we decided to do is that we thought well how can we get uh, slightly, slightly better quality um, video and this kind of stuff mm. um, so um, we well I have yes, but yeah, uh, the plain talking UK guys and girls um, 
we'll be using this camera for doing a lot of our work in future. Mm. It's a uh, 4K Panasonic camera. 4K was not the price, I'm pleased to say. Right. Um, but, uh, <laughs> it wasn't far off, to be fair. Yeah, yeah, that's good it was <laughs> not far off. Actually. No, indeed. Um, yeah. <laughs> but um, so, yeah, it'll be some really interesting video that we'll be able to show you uh, this year. And we've got a couple of video projects coming up for some other people that we're doing as well. We can't talk about that at the moment. No, no. But uh, um, I think it'll be very interesting to see some of the results. I've just tried it uh, the other day and it was fantastic. I think Matt, uh, Matt's going to have a bit of a nose with all the uh, large file sizes yes, I'll indeed, be sending yeah. over to him. I think, I think, it's, I think I'm going to need to ve- invest in a WeTransfer account or something like yes, that, really, to start with that. I mean, and at the risk of uh, overexciting the chat room, uh, uh, Nev, I must say, that is a rather fabulous muff you have there. Yeah, the oh, chat yes, room's I, gone. I you, yeah. like yes, uh, you, you can't, can't beat a good, uh, good muff. Good muff, no, you? indeed. And, quite and right, yeah. uh, uh, this, this is uh, manufact- uh, manufactured by an Australian company called Rode, uh, very famous for their yes. uh, mics and so on. Mm. And this is their what they call the dead cat. Very good, um, and it does vaguely resemble one. It has to be said. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's sterling it work. Know, so. uh, but uh, anyway, so here it is, and uh, we all be seeing this at various air shows yeah. uh, around the country, and uh, we're really looking forward to putting it through its paces. I must say, it's we a are. Bobby Dazzler. That one is Nev. Yeah, bit Thank quality, you. isn't it? Yeah. Absolutely. We're looking yeah. very much also uh, with with uh, studios in mind. Actually, as I say, Saturday the building of the studio will commence. Um, yes. And uh, we're hoping to get in there. Hopefully, in the next month, I think is the dream. Hopefully, yeah. is to try and get mm, right. uh, installed, and uh, mm. it'll be lovely because it means we won't have to keep breaking this down just so that I can have some space <laughs> in my office yeah. to move around, uh, which will be great. But um, yeah, so lots of things, lots of things changing as per as as promised, if you like, for 2018 with PT UK. Not yeah. least of all, um, I, I, I know that you and Nev are now definitely going to Farnborough. Which yes, is we are. Yeah, we've uh, so we've booked booked accommodations that. for Farnborough. Indeed. Uh, yes, I shall be there too. Ah, so very good. That's yes. a reason for not turning up, obviously. Right, absolutely, yes. Unfortunately, <laughs> I, it, the way things are looking at the moment, unfortunately, I won't be able to attend, which is a bit of a shame. But, no. Uh, oh, no. But no. we'll see, oh, we'll oh, see oh. what we... You know, I'm, I am working on it, but as things stand at the moment, then, um, yeah, not able to. But, but uh, uh, yeah, no, we, we shall... Uh, yeah, we'll, we'll be there, and obviously with... I'll with have the... an ice cream for you. Thank you. Yes, do, please. Yeah, you'll <laughs> need to have at least three. Uh, <laughs> indeed. No, I, I think it's, it's definitely now it's going to add a whole new dynamic to when we do the air show interviews, interviews. And stuff like that absolutely. yeah with the yeah. new camera yes it will and uh, as uh, I buy a lot of my stuff from Amazon although the camera didn't come from Amazon lots no. of the bits and pieces have arrived like the new mics and more lighting and that sort of stuff yeah. and every day something else top, pops in through the letterbox and more cables and bits <laughs> and pieces because you can never have enough cables can you, you can never <laughs> have enough cables that is correct uh, and, uh, yeah so, so no I think it's going to be really good and uh, I'm really looking forward to, uh, to trying it all out at some of the air shows we're going yeah. to uh, this year as well. Sorry about my focus on my camera. It's, it's gone a bit weird for some reason, but uh, yes. never mind. Hopefully you can we're, still hear me. Okay. It's all right. It's only the military coming back back at any moment, and, and, and Al will be asleep, so it won't matter. It's fine. <laughs> no, we <laughs> have. And on that note, we do have this week. We have a, uh, just a few military no, stories to do. Like I do normally. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. We'll, t- we'll, we'll pause Al. Pause yeah, him. Indeed. Skype issues, Al. Yeah, yeah. What's that? Yeah, indeed. Yeah. yeah. Uh, no, we have got just three stories uh, to to bring you this week yeah. uh, on the military news, which are all very good. I will say. Very interesting. So uh, let's bash on with those straight away, shall we? Here we go. Let's go. It's military time.
And I must say, first story is a little unnerving, but anyway, yeah, yeah. <laughs> indeed. So these, uh, this first story is on the Evening Express uh, website, and the headline, Aberdeen flight in near miss with uh, Royal Air Force fighter jet. So uh, a passenger plane came close to colliding with a fighter jet shortly after taking off from the city's airport. Eastern Airways flight from Aberdeen International Airport was heading to Stornoway when the pilot noticed a Royal Air Force Typhoon fighter jet so close he had to take evasive action. As did the Royal Air Force pilot who was flying one of two military aircraft in the area. The aircraft came within 200 feet of each other and wow. it happened because the fighter pilot got distracted by cockpit duties. The UK Airprox board, which probes near misses, had published a report into what went wrong and has graded the incident B, the second most serious category. Uh, it was apparent the fighter jet had become distracted and, uh, and didn't monitor his altitude as he made a left turn to follow the other fighter jet and simultaneously tidy up his cockpit and adjusted a knee pad that had become uncomfortable. The incident actually happened on August the 25th last year. After taking off from DICE at around 1pm, the Eastern Airways aircraft, a Saab 2000, headed towards Lewis and encountered the two fighter jets at around 1.20pm above Moray around 15 miles south of Lossiemouth. According to the report, the pilot noticed the two typhoons were flying a 1,000 feet above the altitude they had been cleared to fly at. Oh. The first typhoon moved from left to right and the second typhoon seemed to move towards the Eastern Airways plane, causing the plane's Traffic Collision Avoidance System, or TCAS, to sound and pilot descended immediately. Uh, the typhoon pilot also moved away. The error was noticed and corrected after 10 seconds, said the report. It added that the aircraft were recovering or uh, recovering to base, and it's often uh, during the most seemingly benign tasks common to all sorties, such as recovery to a home base, that distraction is most likely to become a factor. An Eastern Airways spokesperson said that the pilots were receiving a service from Scottish Air Traffic Control and were made aware of two fast-moving jets in the vicinity above their flight level. The Saab captain reacted to the aircraft's TCAS alert system to descend immediately, which he did to maintain safe separation from one of the two military jets. Uh, they later said as well that our crew were operating in accordance with the air traffic control and company procedures. An RAF spokesman said that the incident, uh, which was caused by a pilot becoming momentarily distracted by other tasks, which led to the aircraft ascending to a lower height than the air traffic controller advised, and the pilot took corrective action within 10 seconds. The pilot has provided a frank and honest account so others can learn from this error. Well, I think it's safe to say that, I mean, however you dress this up, I mean... At the speed at which everything moved, and I know he responded within 10 seconds and it was all corrected, but, I mean, everything moves so fast in the air, doesn't it? Well, so, fighter I mean, jets especially. They, I think he was probably going a little bit faster than the Saab indeed. 2000. Indeed. I mean, it's, yeah. uh, it's, um, yeah, it's not a great advert for the RAF, it has to be said. <laughs> but, uh, I mean, Matt, Matt knows where the area where we live here in East Anglia, we are, well, where we are now, we're in a kind of valley and mm. we get a lot of low-level uh, flight uh, fire. Yeah pilot training but of course stuff. in this case it wasn't actually necessarily low flying in this case is it because they they were they were you know a thousand feet higher than they should have been mm. essentially but um, two 200 feet with each other that's they're yeah. fairly close it's where this <laughs> where, we, where we wish we had access to captain nick really because mm. i'd be i'd love to hear his uh, thoughts on yeah on on that that incident really uh, what do you reckon nev 
bit, bit of a worrying, well, worrying situation. Yeah, the thing is that obviously things in the military world happen very fast, don't they? Yeah. And that's because of the closing speed of aircraft yeah. and that kind of thing. So, uh, yeah, the reaction times have got to be very quick. But, yeah, there, there's going to be near misses. There's always going to be the, these sorts of things. And I think the only thing is to say as long as people understand what's happened there and that they can mitigate it in future and lessons uh, can, can be, be learned from yeah, it. Yeah, absolutely. And long, long... I think the car insurers in the UK would, would verify the statistic that I'm about to roll out off the top of my head. And that is the majority of accidents... Uh, in the UK, these these are car accidents happen within half a mile of people's homes. Yeah. Because uh, it, you're in that that environment where you're very comfortable and therefore very complacent. complacent I think yeah. that probably is uh, uh, you know a, a situation comment, yeah. that that comes into play. And I'm trying to remember, but I don't think Aberdeen has anything more than an air traffic uh, control zone or uh, an ATZ, an air traffic zone around it, which is a very small area. I don't think it has any controlled airspace. So I think this took place outside of controlled airspace. So there is an argument uh, to suggest that uh, whilst... The, the RF guys were, were certainly distracted and not doing what they should yeah. have been done. Um, that uh, we do have uh, areas of conflict dotted around the UK where um, everybody has to play together nicely. Yeah, yeah. Mm. I, th I think that's fair comment, isn't it? It's, uh, it's one of those, isn't it? So, so next story, um, Matt, this one for you on, indeed. Uh, yeah, yeah, on, so the, air, on the air. Air and Cosmos, Cosmos. International. Hmm. So. Great. Well, at least it has air in the title, so hopefully it's, uh, this is one it's, it's not the Daily Grant, Mail. Actually. I'm grateful no. for that anyway. So the RAF, the RAAF pursues Wedgetail upgrade. So Australia's E7A Wedgetail Airborne Early Warning and Control, the EWAC, is that? No, no, is that right? A, well, A, well, what are they no, called? No. There, is a, there is an ac ac We have AWACs in here. Yeah, we do, don't yeah. we? That was what I was getting confused with. So the AEW and C aircraft are being upgraded to meet new civil airspace regulations and to improve data storage and broadcast capabilities. Uh, Air Australia, sorry, Australia has completed the first phase of upgrades to the RAAF fleet of... Uh, E7A Wedgetail Airborne Early Warnings and Control Aircraft. The aircraft are being upgraded to meet new civil airspace regu regulations and to improve data storage and broadcast capabilities. So why do they, they've reported this? Sorry, I've... Re Anyway, under the $582.5 million Air 5077 Phase A 5A contract, Boeing Defence Australia is leading the upgrade in three releases over six years with support from Boeing's Airborne Surveillance Command and Control team in the US and a network of suppliers. The aircraft and associated support systems are being upgraded with new advanced combat identification sensors, tactical data links, communications hardware and encryption systems and mission computing hardware and software upgrades. Two aircraft are scheduled to receive the full suite of Release 1 Phase 5A upgrades by early 2019 which include target identification, mission computing upgrades and increased situation awareness through larger visual monitor displays. The remaining fleet will receive integrated IP chat communications upgrades with uh, mission computing data link upgrades and new and a new wideband satellite system and 
dual display upgrades by 2022. The on-time the on completion of the first phase of, of the first of phase 5A equipped with the fleet of six aircraft with satellite position broadcast technology and the latest version of a traffic collision avoidance system which perhaps might have been quite handy in the previous story. These upgrades will uh, keep the aircraft compliant with mandated changes in civilian um, in the civilian environment. The Wedgetail upgrade program is a key element of the Australian Defence Forces strategy of becoming an integrated fifth generation force. The E7A Wedgetail is based on a Boeing 737-700 with the addition of an advanced multi-role electronically scanned array radar and 10 mission, mission crew controls which can track airborne and maritime targets simultaneously. Let's hope that they're not also being advised to keep their aeroplane on Windows 10 <laughs> <coughs> as we covered in last week. You're right there, Al. <laughs> oh, yeah, 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 yeah. So I just nodded off. So there was just some sort of whining noise in the background about some wedge. Look, my, my speaking voice is not that bad. <laughs> I think I think they should have brought you in on this uh, upgrade, Max. I think you'd have, you, you, yeah, you and Nev would have loved this with uh, doing all the integrated systems and stuff and all the data link stuff. I think that would be right Sounds up yours and Nev's. Uh, I, I, I do get a bit. I do get a bit nervous when any of these systems don't actually. You know, it's like I, I'm one of these where it should be one provider that deci decides all because that way it sort of, you know, they, you could be sure that they're going to have you know compatibility. I get very nervous when when other companies are brought into to do things. Perhaps, so, perhaps at their show at some point in the future, if we if we get to see one of these E7As inside, mm. we'll 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 just sling you a nev inside with one of the uh, one of the guys yeah. and kind of leave you with it. Um, yeah, sounds like fun. Yeah. yeah, okay, why not? So, last story then, uh, <laughs> Nev. This is from uh, Flight Global, a proper website, and um, it's <laughs> about uh, the fact that uh, Norway has completed the first in-country test of a braking parachute on a Lockheed Martin F-35A, with the trial taking place on the 16th of February at Erland Air Base. Uh, our combat aircraft must be able to land during extreme Norwegian winter conditions, and Norway will experience in this. Uh, we, sorry, with experience in this, will help develop and test the F-35 braking parachute, says Norway's F-35 program director, Gen Morton Cleaver. Uh, test and I presume that Boeing designed the brakes on this thing. <laughs> I knew he was going to say that. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yes, and actually, I don't know if uh, Matt's going to run the video at all here. But yeah, we've got it running. At it and. and and the, the, I don't know, but the, the braking doesn't seem to be very effective uh, at all, even with this parachute. But obviously, it's a prototype model. So, uh, but the test and certification activities for the modification began in April at Edward, uh, Edwards Air Force Base in California, using test aircraft AF2, initially checking handling characteristics and braking performance on wet and dry runways. Uh, a second phase is underway. At uh, Ailson uh, Air Force Base, Alaska, to validate performance on icy runways. I'm very pleased that we're on track with the last part of the Alaska testing and now have verified that the system works as it should on planes that come to Erland, says Cleaver. He says that the F-35A is more stable during deployment of the braking parachute than the F-16s it's replacing, partly because of its wider footprint and heavier weight. This is a big step towards ensuring that our new combat aircraft can operate safely in extreme Norwegian weather conditions, says Cleaver. Further test activities are required before the system achieves final certification, and Norway is the lead customer for the modification with development activities also part-funded 
by the Netherlands. I was just thinking about uh, braking like this on a runway, uh, Al. Uh, must have some very weird uh, effects on, you know, rudder control and steering control, trying to keep the thing on, on the centre line, I, I, I would have thought. Perhaps he's not, Perhaps he's not there. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I think he has. Yeah, I would have thought so. says that the parachute is more effective with the uh, F-35 because it's a heavier aeroplane. Mm. Um, well, I would have thought that that uh, means that you need an even bigger parachute to uh, the thing uh, going off the end of the runway because uh, the heavier the bastard the more energy it's going to have, the more kinetic energy. So uh, that, that, that surprises me a little. But um, I guess um, that because the chute comes pretty much down the centre of the, the thrust line, if you like, that it, uh, it doesn't produce too much in the way of control issues. Um, um, but uh, I, I've got no experience. I wouldn't to, to comment. I don't know if it's ever flown anything with the chutes, to be honest. So... Mm. Um, uh, pass. Okay. Fair enough. I don't blame you. Yeah. <laughs> well, we've, got, we've gone from a story finishing the commercial segment about uh, wind to to one with with breaking uh, wind parachute wind. Anyway. <laughs> anyway, moving on <laughs> swiftly. I, Matt, I, I, while I, Matt gives me glaring I, looks I from no across words the studio. For you. <laughs> I have no words for you. What? I know the chat room's gone quiet now. You see. Has it? Mm. Right. Okay. Well, it's the military for you, isn't it? It's yeah. just a big turn-off. <laughs> Indeed, absolutely, as we watch the figures drop. Tens yes. of thousands of listeners up until about six minutes ago. <laughs> Honestly. Well, the good news is it's over. So, yeah, uh, no, that is where we're going to bring that segment of the show. But you'll never get close. them back now. I mean, yeah. you know, it's, it's, it's like the commercial break, isn't it? It's not, not, not the one in the in the show, but like on TV, it says the adverts come, ah, oh, see what else is on now. Yeah, <laughs> well, there is that, yes. Oh, look, look. Yeah. There's a dog having a poo on YouTube. Oh, uh, yeah, I was watching Plane Talk in UK. The military's come on. There's a dog having a poo. Right, OK. <laughs> come and have a look, everyone. Right. <laughs> oh, anyway. Yeah. So, uh, so we're going to start to round the show Is this where now. Jonathan Warner lobs some sort of missile? In my yeah, dog? possibly. Yeah. Jonathan <laughs> Warner's giving you a very stern look yeah, now from his uh, car as he's driving along. I think, there yeah. is indeed. Uh, it's gonna, so it's, uh, what we're going to do is we're just going to give you a bruff. A bruff? A bruff. Oh, bruff. never mind. You, you do it. I, I, I've obviously lost the ability to communicate this week, it seems. <laughs> Off you go. Um, yeah, so anyway, that is where we're going to bring uh, the part, the military segment to a close. Um, uh, we're um, talking on the uh, subject of air shows and stuff. Uh, we're probably going to we're going to try and post at some point on our social media pages yeah. um, some of the air shows that we will be attending this yeah. year. We've got a kind of pretty much ninety percent. So, so people can avoid them. Yeah, pretty so, much. So yeah, people can avoid them. Yeah, we're going to make sure to, yeah. we uh, we put down the ones that Al will be at uh, just so everyone can be uh, pre-warned. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah. Well, and, no, to bring their own catering. To bring their own catering. Yeah, they're going to starve <laughs> otherwise. <laughs> I think I think one of one of the biggest uh, things that you have to do at an air show, as most Eat people, ice cream. most listeners will know, <laughs> I was getting there. Is take out a mortgage, is, mortgage if you want. Is, yeah, 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 absolutely. Is uh, yeah. the obligatory picture with Al yeah. with a coat with, with an ice cream. Absolutely. Uh, that is uh, uh, one of the things absolutely. you have to do. In fact, that should be your mission. Every time you dump into um, 
Uh, every time you d- bump, dump, into, dump into dump, <laughs> dump into Captain Al, you having issues you this week? I don't know what's wrong. Honestly, maybe it's because I didn't have my glass of wine that I normally have with my Sunday lunch. Perhaps that's where I'm going wrong. Uh, Sunday anyway. lunch? What's that? Oh yeah, I've got that <laughs> okay, waiting for me at home. Wait, 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 get home. Um, anyway, anyway. Uh, if you want to get in touch with the show, it is plaintalkinguk.com. www.plaintalkinguk.com. Uh, it is uh, our Twitter handle is at plaintalkinguk. If you want to follow us on Twitter, facebook.com forward slash plaintalkinguk will take you to our pages and of course uh, we don't hear from him as much as we'd like these days but don't forget the fantastic Plane Safety Podcast where a certain Captain Al regularly uh, frequents yeah. uh, and a very good episode it's called Waffle and Feedback episode 49 <laughs> is very much worth a listen if you haven't done so already so uh, yeah and make uh, sure also don't forget if you want to uh, grab yourselves uh, one of the PTUK t-shirts yes. as well we are still producing PTUK t-shirts if we you want to go on to the website click on the store tab on the website yeah. and that'll take you through to uh, the page where you can uh, purchase one of our lovely PTUK t-shirts with the embroidered logo Indeed. and uh, we'll get those posted off to you uh, as, as soon I say, as in the next yeah. few weeks also mugs will be available for those that wish oh, to purchase very good, well. very good very good and, and can uh, I just point out that the t-shirt is actually a quality item it's not just some <laughs> sort of tat that you've picked up in some sort of East Anglia seaside resort <laughs> it looking. is actually a quality <laughs> garment yeah. yeah made locally as well I made locally yeah, locally so, sourced yeah, so it's a quality Fruit of the Loom T-shirt that's yeah. been embroidered using one of our local companies here. Yeah. So it's uh, yeah. Uh, so we're going to say a big thanks then to uh, everyone who's joined us in the live chat room this afternoon in YouTube in the world of YouTube. Thanks to everyone who's joined us and took time out of their Sundays to join us. And also not forgetting as well everyone who listens to the show via the download uh, kind of medium yeah. through iTunes and all the various podcast apps. A massive thanks to you. Any last words, uh, Sir Nev, before we uh, finish the show? Uh, no, uh, just to say to really thank you very much, Steve, for, for joining us again and uh, really enjoyed it. Sorry it had to be Sunday afternoon this time, but uh, it was Mrs. Nev's uh, special yes, birthday. birthday. Yes. yes. I, was, I was unable to join. But yes. uh, anyway, we're back home now. So uh, thanks for bearing with us, allowing us, allowing us to do the show Actually, on Sunday afternoon. While, while, we're, uh, while we're talking about that and obviously the legend that is Nev, uh, I notice in the uh, little... Sh- Google Drive that we share amongst ourselves. I noticed there's a rather exciting Nev's passenger experience lined up for next week. Oh, there is, yes. Uh, and, um, well, uh, do we want to... Uh, we don't want to, uh, you know, tell no. people... Oh, please early, do but, titillate uh, us, yeah. Come on. <laughs> Indeed. Uh, it's, it's safe to say I'm hoping that there might be some um, sort of home secrets that are perhaps shared uh, during this interview. Oh, yeah. uh, we'll leave I mean, it at some, that. Some, it, some re- revelations there. Yeah, that's what we're all hoping it, for. Yeah, it, it's one of the most awkward interviews I've ever done, I've got to say. Is it? <laughs> <laughs> Oh, wow. Dear. Okay. Anyway, oh. yes. So somebody who is very who uh, yes. So is basically Not since you interviewed Madame Whiplash, I understand. <laughs> <laughs> right. Anyway, family well, show. I, I uh, do a lot of talking. That's for <laughs> yeah, sure. Yeah, indeed. <laughs> uh, gonna be good fun. I'm looking forward to playing that out uh, and actually listening to it while I'm editing it. Yeah. And don't great, forget so. as well, we have got the awesome Armando joining us in we the studio indeed. here mm. at the barn yeah. next week. Indeed, yeah, looking forward to that. So it's actually going to be a top-billing show, isn't it? Oh, yeah. Well, hopefully, yes, absolutely. I, I believe I there mean, might there's be... There's two, two really, really good things to, to tune in for next week. It is, absolutely, yes. And Owen will also be there, but never mind. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, Owen's right. always here in spirit Well, he is, absolutely. He? He actually, yeah, I think Owen was He's amusing everyone in the chat room at the moment. Yeah, yeah, yeah he's indeed. done well. So that is where we bring episode number 200 and something or other. 205? 205. Yeah, why not? Yeah. yeah. Uh, episode 205 to yeah. a close. Thanks very much 
much to the legend that is Al for joining us as always. Thanks, Al. Oh, you are most welcome. I, I kind of gate crashed this one. I no, just it's all good. <laughs> gate crashing said, is yeah, always indeed. And uh, Nev, obviously a legend, as always. Thank you thank so you, very Nev. much for joining us. You're welcome. You're and welcome. Uh, yes, and I will see you on Wednesday. I'm really looking forward to it. I'm going to have like my mum actually said to me. She said you and Nev are going to just be. We're just going to have so much. It's going to be so geeky. You cannot. You can, oh wow. I, I'm yeah, expecting so to see the table. The, uh, we're going to the broadcast video expo at Excel on uh, Wednesday. In case yep. we haven't got enough equipment we yeah. need to have yeah, a little bit more yeah, absolutely. and uh, I've, I've got to say that, uh, the lunch is on me uh, <gasps> because the uh, the quality of food down there isn't too bad actually okay. so it's oh, worth, a, w- worth a go uh, I'm looking forward to no, herrings no, no. <laughs> I was going to say <laughs> I'm, I'm... <laughs> no 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 not at all no it's all uh, it, it's all a good fare uh, and not the sort of thing you'd expect well the prices are you, what yeah. you'd expect them, so <laughs> yeah, that's, yeah, that's yeah. for sure but uh, yeah. no it should be good that's because be they've had to spend like three and a half four grand on the pitch that's why they have to put mm. it yeah, through but anyway so, there yeah. we are so now, I'm expecting to come into the, the barn studio next week Matt and see a pile of Pens, key rings. Oh no, I collect um, pens and key rings. Don't you worry pads. about that. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, well, a swag. Yeah, 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 yeah indeed, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. And, yeah. You know, and, uh, but I am going to leave the credit card at home, so I won't be coming home with a Nev style camera. That, that I can. <laughs> well, well I was going to say it's not it's not the pens and the badges you want to worry about. It's the the, the piles of boxes of routers and yeah. gizmo <laughs> yeah, bobs yeah, yeah, and thingamy doodars yeah, that you want to worry about. Yeah, yeah. So so yeah, looking forward to that immensely. Anyway, from all of us here, it is time to say goodbye. Take care, everyone. Uh, Have a great Sunday. Say goodbye, everyone. Bye bye. Bye everyone. Bye. Bye. And I'll put the credits in at the end because they wouldn't run for some reason. Let's <laughs> <It's> pretend. <laughs> do, 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 okay, do, I can do, do it now do, if you do, like. Do. There you go. <laughs>